All right, our uh, sincerest apologies. We had a slight issue there technologically, but we believe it is fixed. So it's slight delay, but we are here. It is a Thursday edition of GCR. <laughs> Why would you want any less of us today when we have so many pleasant things to talk about? Remember there were two outs? It was a one-run game. You were like, you know, there's still a chance here. The Orioles have shown some fight. Looked like it was going to get away from them early on, but they battled back nicely. And <sighs> hopefully, they don't get swept. Hopefully, they don't get swept. Hopefully, this doesn't continue to snowball a little bit. Um, hi, it is Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. Uh, final time this semester that Carson Weekly is here, and I would say the final time ever, but the thing is Carson's come back like eight times before. I might just come back. So again. it's totally possible that we just have Carson hanging out again come like winter semester. It's like, very possible. It's totally possible that he's just like, hey, I, I could swing by, and we'd say, sure. At some point we might have to give him a job. I'm not sure how this works. But at some point in this process, we might be required by law to say, yeah, you're an employee now. We've got to get you on payroll somehow, some way. But uh, Carson's going out with a bang for the summer. He's got two life hacks. And he began by promising us that they both worked. <laughs> and then immediately I said, wow, they both work. He's like, well. <laughs> like 75. Who, who said they work? Nobody ever said they work. What are you talking about? They work. We're going to find out if they work. And there's I was like, Wait, there's didn't this you common theme. Say that they worked. He was like, no, nobody ever said that. And you're ugly. And I hate you. And I was like, what? What? what Things like seem to work at my house. Uh -huh. And then I get here and, and yeah, they just and they don't, don't. They don't work. There's the a weird moment. aura in this. In this yeah, in that's this what studio. it is. It's the aura that's the problem. Look, the thing the other day didn't work at all. But, um, you know, that's part of the game is that sometimes we test these things and they don't work. So um, don't put beer in your sunscreen. It's not going to help you. You haven't noticed that changing over the course of the last two days, have no, you? No, nothing at all. You haven't looked like down it, at your chest and all of a sudden was like, wow. I think I was, I've just <laughs> look, look at my left peck. I just totally objectified myself for the enjoyment of the of the people I, working I think here. the people walking that by was, definitely That's were, all that came out of that. We're appreciative. In fact, they suggested that when we hire you, we just hire you to be like an Amber Abercrombie model. Sure. Like that you <laughs> sure. stand outside. Even the on door. the cloudy days. Yeah, no, shirtless, no tanning. Just shirtless. I'll just be just, out there. Hi, I'm Carson from Pressbox. Can I tell you about Pressbox? January. Yeah, right. Out there. Oh God. It's Messina pitching that tonight. Yeah, right. Just constantly. You guys know who's pitching tonight? <sighs> anyway, uh, we'll get to that a little bit later on in the program. Also, uh, coming up today, we will check in with former NFL quarterback, Sirius XM NFL radio host Jim Miller. He was out at Ravens camp this week for their annual training camp tour. We'll talk to him about what he saw, expectations for the Ravens. We'll preview Maryland football. We're going to wrap today's show by previewing Maryland football as uh, they've got like practice they got to do. So Mike Loxley will be joining us slightly after noon. So we'll do tidbit and tubular early today. And the last thing we'll do on the today program today is chat with Mike Loxley. And I hope he's not late because I would like to watch the Orioles game. So... Gonna kind of need to keep the trains moving today. Uh, but Mike Loxley, Maryland football coach, scheduled to join us, and we'll make a trip to Bowie to chat with Silas Ardoin. Uh, just got called up, uh, draft pick, fourth-round pick a year ago. Uh, catcher, don't know what that means moving forward, but um, for now, we will talk to Silas Ardoin. So all of that on the way on the program this morning. Today's show is brought to you by Superbook. 
Very excited about our partnership with Superbook because we are offering you the opportunity to get up to $250 in a first bet match, win or lose. You could win lots of money, or if for some insane reason you wanted to bet on something where the odds are stacked, like it's it's 10000 to 1 and you only want to take that $250 and win $2.50. I don't know why you're doing that, but look, man, we all do silly things sometimes. Do whatever you want to do with your $250 bet, up to $250 bet. You win, you get the winnings, and you get $250 in free bets. You lose, you're going to be very sad. But that $250 is going to come right back to you in free bets. Or $70, that's what you bet. Or $20, that's what you bet. Whatever it is that you bet, your first bet will be matched up to $250. But you got to use the code Glenn Clark 23 G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-23 in order to take advantage of that offer from our friends at Superbook. Download the app. Go to Superbook.com. Get signed up today. Um, I, you know, I, I, I don't really have a whole lot more to say on the Kevin Brown front. God, I, I got the word about Jim Palmer who... I heard, actually heard a couple of things yesterday. The first thing I heard, I got a tweet from somebody said, Orioles have a COVID problem. Oh I said, God. oh, no. No. By the way, what's the weather deal today? Um, not, like are, not, are, are not they pretty. definitely going to play? Or? I would imagine. Well, I, mean, I think they're going to do everything in their power to play because right. it's late in the year and it's getaway day. And but like They have to be in Seattle tomorrow night. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. It looks like it looks like it'll be at its worst around around twelve twelve thirty. Oh, good. <laughs> but I don't know if you heard that's when by the... one. Or oh, something. okay. All right, yes. all right. Then they're okay. Fair enough. <laughs> yes. They should be able to play. Is the point? Um. So I get that message. Uh, Orioles have a COVID problem. I say <laughs> that ain't great. First of all, COVID. <laughs> Who knew? Still a thing. So I I message a couple other people and I'm. I'm not getting the sense that there are any players that have COVID. So I'm like, what? And then I get a little more information from a couple different people about it being a problem with the broadcast crew. And I'm getting ready to do the show last night on 105.7. And all of a sudden it strikes me like the moment people turn on this game and they, cause I was told that Melanie and Dave Johnson were going to be doing the game. I'm like the moment people turn on this game and they see a wildly different broadcast crew from the night before, they're immediately going to panic. And that's what they're happens. immediately going to go into full-fledged tinfoil hat mode of everybody's fired, everybody's suspended, everybody's. What did they say last? Yeah, night? what? Who was critical? Who brought up the fact that the Orioles lost? Like <laughs> all of these things. So I go both on Twitter and on air, and I say because I don't want to. I don't want to tell anybody anybody else's business, right? Like I don't want to put out there that someone has. It's their health. That's not my place to talk about someone else's health. There's things that I've, I don't know, because I'm not a reporter. Maybe if I were a reporter, I was confident in the information that I had. I had multiple sources that had told me. But when it's health, I don't know, I feel a little hinky about that, right? Like, so I just, all I said was, tonight's broadcast changes have nothing to do with with the Kevin Brown situation. And I thought that would be beneficial. 
it didn't seem like that was beneficial. It just led to people like I, it was one of those situations where like people are asking me about my tonight's broadcast crew changes have nothing to do with the Kevin Brown t- situation T-shirt, and I feel like all of those questions can be answered by my T-shirt. Like, I the fact was what I presented you. It was all right there in the tweet. Now, thankfully, Jim Palmer cleared everything up very quickly yes. so that I didn't have to deal with it any longer. Um, I was just trying to prevent the tinfoil hatting and... You just <laughs> silly, to it. No, silly no. me. <laughs> silly me thinking that we as a society are capable of not tinfoil hatting. Silly me. No matter what we're told, that's what we're going to do. And in fact, even after Jim Palmer told everyone he had COVID, I still had people reaching out to me like, is this legitimate? He's making COVID. What, what are we doing, man? Like, what are we doing? By the way, what I realized is that's because people have also used COVID as an excuse over the last couple of years. There have been times where you have not wanted to do something mm. and you've just, uh, I don't know, I've, my my throat's a little sore. I, maybe maybe it's for the best if I don't come in today or I don't come to your event or whatever it is. So people are just outing themselves. Of- I feel like that's what happened last night is that people were really saying, I've used COVID as an excuse. So I think that's what... Stop it. Um, obviously, Jim Palmer, the good news is... He said he was okay. The bad news is he said he, he had a bad. So we're, of course, thinking about Jim Palmer mm-hmm. and hoping that he's feeling better because he's Jim Palmer and he should live until he's 500 because he's Jim Palmer. Um, so, yeah, of all the weeks. Of all of the weeks, right? Um, uh, I had my buddy Eric, Ar- my, I think my buddy Eric Arditi texted me and said, I mean, what's next? Locusts and boils? Yeah. Like, really? <laughs> like, what, what's going to happen next? Well, what was going to happen next is that the Orioles were going to lose another baseball game, unfortunately. That was what was going to happen next, as Jack Flaherty wasn't great, but to his credit, battled, kept it tight, gave the Orioles a chance to win. I never want to oversell those things. I don't want to say that someone, you know, just because they didn't give up 10 runs, that means they pitched well. He didn't pitch well last night. This is sort of the inherent problem is that the the Orioles really needed Jack Flaherty to be first start Jack Flaherty. Eight base runners over five innings is, that's a 1.6 whip. You can't make that a good start no matter how hard you try. Could it have been worse? Absolutely. Absolutely. Bases loaded in the fifth inning. The Orioles stuck it out with him, much like they stuck it out with him in the sixth inning in Toronto, and were rewarded for it by him getting out of it. But you can't make it a, a good... You certainly can't make it a quality start because we have a definition for that. you got to go another inning. You can't make it a good start. You can't make it any of those things. They need a better version of Jack Flaherty in, in order for this math to work, for there to be a roadmap of them having a chance to make a really serious run, they've got to get a better version of Jack Flaherty, or all of these other dudes' innings limits have to be damned. Like, if we are to believe that innings will be a problem for other guys, they must get a better version of Jack Flaherty, and they didn't get that last night. Let's also keep in mind the Astros are really bloody good. 
there's a reason why, even in the world in which I said I think that the Orioles have the chance, I still told you I don't think they should be considered favorites over teams like the Astros and Rangers. They can't be. I don't know how much of last night involved the hangover effect from Tuesday. That's a terrible way to lose a baseball game against anyone. More or less a team that's kind of a measuring stick for you. And I think for anybody, it's a bit of a gut punch. Lots of problems last night. Ten men left on base. You give up the home run in the first inning, but then you get a runner on third and nobody out in the bottom of the first. And a great opportunity to at least strike one right back. And couldn't do it. 0 for 7 with runners in scoring position last night. Couldn't even bring anybody home with a sack fly. Multiple opportunities. Problematic. Astros are good, man. They're really good. They, to me, even when they were going, they're they're always the favorites until they're not. Because they're the Astros. They're the team who's been there, done that. It was interesting. Oh, God, I don't even remember. Who do we have on the other day? We had on... um, Jesus Christ, why am I blanking on who it is? For who was the Astros guest that we had? Oh, on it's Todd Callis. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. <laughs> Hello. Their play-by-play guy, Todd Callis, was on the other day, and he talked about how, like, in their their big games this year, when they played the Rangers, when they played the Bra- when they played those teams, they've turned it on. They've been ready to go. And while yes, maybe they've been kind of meandering at other times, it makes sense to me. This thing where like y- you just expect to be there every year. You're probably going to have stretches where not every regular season game is the game that you're getting up for. But measuring stick games, statement games, Astros seem to have handled their business quite well this year, and it's a reminder of why they're the team to beat in the American League until they aren't. And it's a reminder, perhaps, of how far away the Orioles are, which isn't to say that gap can't be closed, it's going to be really hard to close it in the span of two months. But there are little things, and I, don't, I, would, I, I, I meant to do some of this. I would like to see numbers on pitches taken by the Orioles from the start of the season to now because it is felt like they have been more aggressive at the plate and less patient. And part of that, and it jumping out at me, might be watching the Astros approach at the plate this week, which has been spectacular. But it has felt like a team that prided itself on patience, on seeing pitches, on working counts, has not stayed on that same trajectory. Which is evident with Santander and, and Adley too. Just from I, my observation, the top of the like order in two particular. O counts, and it's been it's been swing away. And even Santander on some three O counts. And I want to be cl- I want to be careful. I obviously I I don't have these numbers to definitively yeah, back up either. what I'm saying. Just, it's something that has felt like it's been a thing. And maybe somebody would present a number to me and say, eh, not as much as you're making it out to be. And it might be more of the, it feels right now like there's kind of an A lineup and a B lineup, right? Like there's the top of the lineup where all the good hitters are, and then it seems to fall off the cliff a little bit. 
Looks like Cedric Mullins is going to return on Friday. Big day Friday. <laughs> Big day Friday. Looks like Cedric Mullins is going to return. That should go a long way into helping this. But he can only replace one guy. And it still looks like an imperfect lineup. Even with Cedric Mullins in, there's probably going to be a hole or two. Orioles have a lot of work to do in order to be able to compete with a, a team like the Astros. You can't leave runners on base. You can't miss out on opportunities. You've got to show their level of discipline at the plate. you got to be in it for the long haul, baby. Us walking those guys was... Well, I mean, that, the, the, I, I was the Fujinami also, thing was insane. I was also questioning... Look, I, they were trying to wear out that outside corner because I know <clears> Mountcastle <throat> got rung up on the fastball outside on, on that 3-2 count. The, um, like the, um, the zone was, was a little... He was favoring the outside. He would give sure. you that call. But all those walks, those three in a row... A lot of those pitches, he was clearly pulling them outside, outside. Like, are, can we call in? I know you don't go inside late in games, but if if he's missing well, eight but, inches outside, call an inside pitch. Why not up and in, right? That's like, what I, I call, why, call an inside pitch. Up, up and in is, the, if you're going to miss, miss up and in. Like, miss, yep. miss going for that spot. And it's what it is. It's what it is. Can't change it now. You still have the best record in the American League. The Rays lost last night. You're still two games up in the AL East. There is still good news. Be nice to not... Be nice to keep that not getting swept streak alive. Be nice to not have this extend to the West Coast. And as I said before, maybe given everything, it'll just be nice to get away. It'll just be nice to not be asking yourself, what are these chants that I'm hearing? Why, what are these signs that I'm seeing? Maybe at this point, it'll be nice to get away. And the Mariners are hot right now, by the way. They are. That's a great point. They're like one of the hottest teams in the American League at the, the moment. They are kind of right back in the mix. Yeah. Um, yeah, a week ago, I, I kind of had them counted out. but They've won nine of their last ten, something yeah, like it's, that. Yeah, it's something ridiculous like that. <sighs> they're, they're hitting, and they're, they're playing really good defense, and we know they got starting pitching. So. Yep. It's, it's going to be a The test. hitting was their problem, right? They weren't yeah, hitting. They've, they've been hitting home runs now, though. So if yeah. you can do that, <sighs> then... Julio Rodriguez is faking everyone out and pretending like he didn't rob a, the home run in center field when he did. I mean, nice nice night for Austin Hayes last night, defense and offense. Yeah, nice game. It was one of the few bright spots for the... I mean, Webb. Nice debut for Webb, right? Yeah. Like, that was nice. But those were the few bright spots in what was otherwise a... Very, very difficult so I, evening. So I tried to put it put together looking at team walk rates. Yes. Uh, so from but, those, I, but walks isn't it? Like okay. well, it's, there, well, I, it's yeah, pitches it's seen. Just, pitches I think seen. more than anything else. There like, is, but walk rate does show something. Okay, what does it show? So us? we had the fourth through. I just picked June first because that was about yep. when Cedric Mullins got hurt. Uh, they had the fourth best walk rate as a team mm-hmm. in all of baseball. Uh, and then since then, so June first to now, they are in the bottom bottom eight, seven point seven uh, percent. Walk if you rates. want, if you can use some screen, that's something that'd be worth tweeting out. Okay. And say something like, you know, a topic Glenn was discussing this morning. It it appears as though the Orioles are not as patient at the plate as they were to begin the season. Here's one number that we were able to find that kind of backs that up. I would still like to see pitches seen. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if there's an easy way to find that, but pitches seen would be something that I would like to 
to get into because I get it. At some point, you got to swing the bat, right? Like, I understand. And particularly when there's only so many guys that you feel like are productive or you can count on to be productive, I can understand why they want us to see, swing the bat at some point. But <sighs> that was the thing. That was, the, and, and again, it all goes back to what the at, trying to be like the Astros. And you're watching it this week. You're watching how difficult they make your life. And hmm. their plate approach has been so good. It's unbelievable. It's I will I saw shades of that from us in Toronto the last series. When we were getting our foot down and then the off speed was coming and we were just staying in on it and not trying to pull it. And we saw it with Altuve last night. Bauman throws him a great slider. Probably wasn't even a strike. And he keep he puts his foot down and he stays in and hits it to right field. Big two run single. It's been such I mean, there were the bats like the, the Jordan Alvarez at bat last night where it got to 2-1, and, I mean, I, I he took a pitch in the mi- basically in the middle of the plate that looked like he could yep. have turned on. Definitely. Maybe it was a little bit down and away, but it was it was not in the corner by any stretch of the imagination. It was over the middle of the plate, and it was he was so patient, he said, that's not the pitch I want. That's not, I don't want to swing at something slightly lower and away. I'll continue to work this at bat through to try to see if I get something elevated. It's like the Reggie Jackson approach. <clears throat> the pitcher's there to throw me what I want. The catcher's there to throw it back to him if he doesn't right. give me what I want. And the umpire's just lucky that he's gets this close <laughs> to a view. He gets a view, yep. Um, I don't know. There's not a whole lot else to say. It's 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 a frustrating week. And obviously it's multiple things that are sort of combining all at once because – it's the on the field, it's the off the field, and you would just like something pleasant. Hopefully the Orioles can provide that today. Weather permitting, uh, Hunter Brown and Dean Kramer, the pitching matchup for the finale today at Camden Yards. As far as everything else is concerned, because it feels like every five minutes someone's asking me if I know something new. No. My best understanding my best guess at this point they are hoping that Kevin Brown returns this weekend and this kind of dies down and particularly as we talked about with Drew them being out on the west coast and they're not being chance and they're not being there being other stories that will pop up last night Michael Lorenzen threw a no hitter today that's what Baseball media is going to talk about is Michael Lorenzen throwing a no hitter for good reason. It was a it was a neat night, wasn't it? Like his father's birthday too, or something like that. Yeah, and his dad had obviously passed away a couple years ago. That guy, he uh, a, when his dad passed away, his next start, Lorenzen hit a home run. <laughs> that was like years wow. ago. Wow. Um, it's kind of magical. He, can't, he you know, To be like, fair, Lorenzen came up as an outfielder. He wasn't always a pitcher. I did not know that. Yeah, he I did like not in, know that. in college, he was, like, he was like an all-American outfielder. Really? And then, I don't know what where changed, at? but I don't. I forget where he went to school. I think uh, somewhere out on the West Coast, like somewhere big west, like Cal Valley okay. or one of those places. He made six starts in center for the Reds in 2019. The last player to throw a no-hitter after playing that many games as a non-pitcher. Babe Ruth. Bob Lemon in oh. 19, 1948. I didn't know, know Bob, Le- Bob Lemon played in the yeah. field. Had uh, 12 starts in uh, center field in 1946. I think of other Bob guys Lemon. who have played. Uh, who's the who's the the um, like the Micah Owings right from the Diamondbacks a few years back. Um, 
played some in the field. Obviously, you know, guys that trained, like Adam Lowen, of course, played both. Uh, and Keel. Yeah, and Keel, of course, example. absolutely did both. Um, Lorenzo went to Fullerton, Cal State Fullerton. There, there okay. you go. Um, but, yeah, that story becomes the talk of the baseball world. Oh, and yeah. what? That was the other tidbit I had. Uh, they, so every pitcher that went to Fullerton High School in California okay. uh, has thrown a no-hitter. Or every pitcher that has made the major leagues has thrown me now. There's Who four are, there. Uh, I are had, you serious? Yes. I had the names. I, I, I don't have it up in front of me, but yeah. The, there are wild, four Jack. Pit, four well, I sure as F players. don't know who went to Fullerton High School, so well, yeah, that would not yeah. have been a good guess know, who they are. Uh, Jim Abbott? I don't know. Like, I have no idea. But that is kind of wild, man, that that's the case. I mean, good for Michael Lorenzen. It was a, it was a really neat baseball story last night. And again, it, it should be the bigger story today on like MLB Network and MLB Radio and places where baseball is spoken about predominantly. And that is a good thing for the Orioles who don't want to be the talk of the baseball world at this point. Is it am I approving of that like plan? No. I I still it's extraordinarily frustrating that they haven't addressed it, that they haven't attri- attempted to make it right to fix it in some sort of way. I'm not telling you that I like this. It just appears as though at this point, that's what they're hoping is going to play out. And maybe they'll prove to be right. And it'll be a week where things are really frustrating, but if the Orioles go out and have a good West Coast swing and they come back and Kevin Brown's doing games, everybody will say, well, all right, we're happy again now. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, the West Coast trip is like the dreaded West Coast, you know, <clears> trip, <throat> but this might be the best time for one of those. Just get totally get away. away from everything. <laughs> Again, not getting the Mariners series. at the right time, but other than that, yes. Yeah, I get might, you know the might teams, just be this, right. It might just be the right time to sure. get away. Let's it just go to- on the opposite side of the country and play a couple series and yeah, come back when maybe all of this has died down. What is it? They get the A's and uh, is it the Padres? Padres? The Padres? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and Juan Soto just said the Padres quit, so. The, so maybe it is maybe it's a good time for the Padres to get them. Did I what did I see that Eric shared out last night? The dude from the the dude that trashed the White Sox. Oh they, yeah, Keenan Middleton. Keenan Middleton. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't put his name Correct. up on the scoreboard. Yeah, it was just blank. I mean, I like was was it was that RDT who said who said yeah. that the, the White Sox are challenging the Orioles? Right, <laughs> like what is that, man? Apparently, they have some real problems. Lance Lynn was on the. Um, the Foul Territory podcast with Przezinski, and he was really ripping, saying they have no accountability in the clubhouse, and and just it's not a good culture. And he was there, obviously, very recently, so he would know better than better than anyone. I mean, at least it's not that. <laughs> I guess that's I, yeah. the best I can give you. At least, at least it's not that. It's been a rough week. At least it's not that, right? And like, could be worse. They were expected to be good. <laughs> Have not been. Hey, we, we've lost two games. You know, it's, it's two tough. Games. It's, two it's games. been a tough week. It's been a tough week. But at least it's not that. That's all I can give you is at least it's not that. All right. When we come back in, we are going to chat with uh, Jim Miller from NFL Radio, former NFL quarterback. We uh, try to forget the one team that he played for uh, predominantly, just to pretend like that wasn't a thing whatsoever. Uh, we will do that when we come back in. Stan the Fan Charles, Gary Stein getting together with a couple of former Pro sports executives Marty Conway and Andy Dolich tonight for their semi-regular sports business symposium. 7 o'clock, facebook.com slash pressboxsports in order to watch it live. 
It is a Thursday edition of GCR. You feel that? That's the sound of football coming back. And now's the time to place your preseason bets with Superbook Sports. Superbook is the most trusted name in Vegas. And now you can use my promo code, GlennClark23, to score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, they'll match your first bet up to $250 with the promo code GlennClark23. All one word, no spaces, two ends in Glenn. Don't miss out this football season. Win some money with Superbook sports and that promo code glennclark23 visit superbook.com for terms and conditions gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. It's the return of Grateful Dead Night on Friday the 18th. A special t-shirt package is available. Back-to-back fireworks carry on to Saturday the 19th with our Bates Overfest. Get some beer specials while you enjoy the game. And get here early on Sunday for a pre-game meet the team autograph session. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at baysox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox. Let us be your nine-inning vacation. I'm Michael Jan Grandy, president of A.J. Michaels, your carrier energy expert for 44 years. Save money, energy, and make your home more comfortable and virus-free. Find us at AJMichaels.com. That's AJMichaels.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich, hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food, check. Quality of service, check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressboxonline, and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grindr. Not that I know it's on Grindr or anything, I swear. Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Thursday edition of the program. This man is very busy with his training camp tour, so we had to squeeze this in a little bit earlier. An opportunity to catch up with Jim Miller from SiriusXM's NFL Radio right here on GCR. Pleasure now to be joined here on GCR by a man who is just in Baltimore this week, visiting Baltimore Ravens camp with his uh, buddy Pat Kerwin on Sirius XM NFL Radio. 
He is former NFL quarterback. We try to pretend uh, that there was one particular team that he played for that we'll just never acknowledge that he did. He is our friend Jim Miller, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Jim, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's good to catch up, man. Thank you for taking the time. You bet. Thanks for having me, man. Um, Jim, offensively, um, there's been so much made about new coordinator and all these new weapons and how things are going to change for the Baltimore Ravens. I know you're only there for a day and conversations, but do you start to have any sense as to what this might actually look like when we get to September for the Baltimore Ravens? Yeah, I think it's coming together pretty well. I love the offensive line. I think they'll still be able to run the football very effectively uh, for Baltimore. I don't think Todd Monken's going to flat out abandon it, but I think you can see that Lamar was making some uh, some plays on the outside. And obviously Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, had probably three highlight reel plays uh, that, that he made on the outside, a go route, uh, really a tip ball in the in the end zone where he was able to tip t- tipped to himself over, uh, I think it was Kayvon Seymour was the defensive back on that particular play, and they will be more explosive. They have guys that defy the X's and O's. You would say Lamar obviously defies the X's and O's. You would say that about Mark Andrews, in my opinion, and I think you'd say that about Odell Beckham Jr., and I really liked what I saw from Zay Flowers, the first-round draft pick from from be uh, at Boston College, so you know they are much better offensively. One of the things that a, a couple of people have said to me is that expect the offense to be much faster than what we had seen in the past. Knowing what they know about Todd Munkin and what maybe the the Ravens are trying to uh, bite from other teams, do you get the sense that that's going to be a priority for the Ravens is to to pick up it- the tempo? Yeah, they had a, a no-huddle period yesterday when, when we were at practice. So I think uh, they will be more up-tempo. Up um, you know, they will be more spread out, in, in my opinion. And, and Todd will incorporate a lot of the things that, not only that he did at Georgia, but stuff that really fits what Lamar Jackson's doing. You know, he's, Lamar has a very good intermediate uh, completion percentage. So look for that to continue. But I just think they'll have more, you know, more explosive plays on the outside where they'll take some some chances to get some explosive plays down the field. If we say on the offensive side of the ball, is there anything in particular that concerns you? Like, again, there's so much excitement about this. We all want to see it unfold. And But is there anything that you say, all right, but quietly, I, I, I am maybe a little bit worried about this with the Ravens offense. I would think it'd be the running back situation, yeah. right? They just signed Melvin Gordon. Uh, and, you know, with J.K. Dobbins, you know, to me personally, because he's got the same agent, I'd, I'd really take him off the PUP and I'd activate him. And here's the reason why, because now you can then find him and then you could go out and sign a guy like Delvin cook. <laughs> you know what I mean? And put, put some pressure on him. Cause I like Melvin Gordon, but I think, you know, there's, he's got a little bit of a fumble history when you look at Melvin Gordon and maybe he can find a, a role there because that's probably the, the one situation where you feel a little bit uneasy because of the health concerns of not only Gus Edwards, but JK Dobbins. And now he's doing somewhat of a hold in. I would think. What do you do about that, Jim? By the way, we're chatting with well, Jim Miller here. Well, I, I, I told you what I'd do. I told you I, what I, I'd do. I, I I'd know. take him off the PUP, I'd activate him, then I'd fine him $50,000 a day, and then I'd go out and sign Delvin Cook, who's with the same agent, and say, hey, either your guy comes in and starts working, or uh, we're going to release him. But I, you know, that's, I, I, I hear that's what you, you can do. I hear you, but I feel like it's so much bigger than that. Like I feel like you're dealing with a team that's got to figure out if they can even afford to pay running backs at all now that they're into the you know Lamar Jackson contract era of their franchise right I, I like is if you're not or why if you're not willing to pay running backs why switch which running back you pay and I get the answer is Dalvin Cook is really good like I do understand that's the answer but man I don't know like can you afford to pay a quarterback and pay any running backs at all 
Well, I think obviously, you know, we know where the, the money has been directed. It's going to receivers and it's going to quarterbacks. And that's why uh, the running back market is, has somewhat been devalued here a little bit. But it, it is what it is at the end of the day. He's under contract. You know, I think what's going to happen is he'll probably miss a, a couple of preseason games, but he's going to play ultimately. I mean, he's not going to miss out on those uh, 17 weeks of a paycheck. So ultimately, he's going to be there. I was talking about this with your partner yesterday. Do you get the sense that um, the, the, the maybe even quietly the Ravens are sort of acknowledging, you know, it's not the end of the world to us that J.K. is not out there right now. And they're not going to say well, that publicly, but that, like, you know, we don't need him taking unnecessary hits at this point in training camp. If if he's, you know, if he's willing to show up two weeks before the season starts, we're, we're good with that. Like, we're okay. Yeah, well, he's missed a lot of games. You know, there's a lot that he has to prove in order for Baltimore to want to pay him. He's missed a significant amount of games, and this is kind of the protest season. You know, we've seen it with, obviously, Jonathan Taylor and what's going on over there uh, for Indianapolis. Some other running backs have taken some big haircuts. Look at Joe Mixon, obviously, there in, in Cincinnati. Yep. Uh, and that's just where it's at right now. He is Jim Miller. He's with us here on GCR. Jim, I feel like, you know, it's it's funny because this is very un-Ravens-like that everybody's excited about the offense, and if there are questions, it might be on the other side of the ball. And specifically to me, it's the depth at both edge rush and at cornerback where you're putting a lot of expectations on young players and David Ajabo and Adafe Owe, who as of yet haven't proved anything. And then in a secondary behind Marlon Humphrey, you know, it's at cornerback specifically – there's not much of anything. Um, how concerned are you about those two particular areas? No, I think pass rush is really the, the one that I would focus on. There's, there's corners out there that they could pick up, and there's corners that are going to be released. You know, Obviously, Marcus Peters signed with the Raiders, so that ship has sailed there. Um, but I think you're, you're right about the pass rush. Those guys are young. I talked to John Harbaugh yesterday. They were counting on way to, to come through, and they feel very good about David Ajabo, but let's face it, he doesn't have a lot of playing time coming off the Achilles injury uh, from last year, and I think they're probably focused on picking up a guy there as well. And, uh, you know, name that's floated out there is, you know, they did have, uh, yeah, I think they David talked Clowney. to Clowney. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think they talked to Clowney, but you just wonder why they just didn't re-sign Justin Houston. But uh, that ship has sailed now that he's uh, been signed, so Clowney would probably be the, the next name on the list that you even consider. I've wondered kind of all off season, and it's interesting because they did, you know, they, they extended Roderick Washington this week. Like, I've wondered if they have just utterly prioritized we need to be younger in the front seven. Like, we have to be younger. We have to have, you know, some of these guys come through for us, which sounds good. But there's, you know, an inherent amount of risk that comes along with that, right? Like, yeah. it's not yeah. a guarantee it's all going to work out. And then I wonder if on the flip side, there's sort of a tacit acknowledgement that we are going to burden the offense a little bit more than we've burdened the defense in past years. Like, I, I it's, it's not something that's very Ravens-like, but are they prepared to make a shift of we need the offense to shoulder this and to be the story of how we win more so than we need the defense to be the story. Yeah, I think it will be more complimentary there. The offense is going to have to come through because you're right, you are going to have some growing pains with uh, some young players. And they, they they collectively have made that you know made that known, in my opinion. When you let guys like Calais Campbell and Houston and all these uh, elder statesmen leave, and those guys have to step up, and I think they're counting on that. They're going to let these young players grow. Uh, there's a lot of teams that have done it. I'm looking at Tampa Bay today. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going with a lot of young players as well. I, I do the Bears preseason uh, games, and they elected to do it last year by playing all the, the rookies that they did and just watch them learn. And so I do think that the offense will have to come through uh, more. And obviously with a healthy, you know, with a healthy Lamar Jackson, you got a chance. 
You know, look at the record with him in there in the scoring with him as a starter. I think they average 28 points a game when he's when he's on the field. And when he's not there, you're only averaging 17. Yep. And so I do think the offense will be able to carry it more. Jim, you mentioned your work with the Bears. I, I wonder what you thought of Roquan Smith as, as he came over. We had high expectations, and somehow we thought he was even better than that. Clearly, the Ravens felt that way by rewarding him with $20 million a season moving forward. Mm-hmm. I a lot of people say, I don't care how good an off-ball linebacker is. You can't budget that much money for that type of player. But what did you expect in the, the move, and what did you think of what you saw and what the Ravens are going to get moving forward? Yeah, I think the, the Ravens found out once you lost Ray Lewis and then you lost C.J. Mosley, you're kind of missing that dog. you know. And I think they wanted to get another dog back in there, and that's what Roquan is. I mean, that guy is a, a high-intensity, heat-seeking missile who finds the, the football. And the Bears, uh, the reason why they didn't work out a contract is they didn't want to invest. They just come out of cap jail, essentially, and they didn't want to go back into it. And so they elected to bite the bullet and and move on and elected to make that trade. Um, But Roquan is a hell of a player, and I think that was lacking uh, prior to uh, Roquan being added to the mix, as I mentioned, those two other great linebackers that Baltimore has known so well and what they're known for. Jim, let me let me try to bring it all back together this way. Um, we know that the first answer is Lamar Jackson has to stay healthy. Like we understand that, but mm-hmm. in a murderer's row of an AFC, how can the Ravens separate themselves and finally take that step and have playoff success in Lamar Jackson era? Well, I think obviously those common opponents that, that you play, I mean, minimum, you got to split in division to, to have a shot, I would think. And you look at Lamar, he has not really fared well against Pittsburgh. I don't nope. even think he's played not, all that much because he's been hurt exactly. uh, against the Steelers. But uh, And then, of course, those common opponents that you play, like whether it's uh, the L.A. Chargers late in the year, that's a primetime ball game that I think you got to really take care of business, in, in my opinion. Or a team like Indianapolis, you know, where you got some common opponents with the teams in your division that you really you got to take care of business and, and get those in your win column as well all right jim miller i see you guys are headed out west yeah we're doing tampa today we'll hit jacksonville tomorrow and then we'll head out to see the las vegas raiders and then i'll be back in chicago for the first preseason game against tennessee it's a heck of a schedule you put together for this week man <laughs> kind of doing a little bit of the entire that's cool. I, I get it. It beats working for a living. I yeah, I love that. it. It keeps my head in the game, man, so I enjoy it. Anything else we can plug for you, sir? No, we're good, man. Thanks for having me. Always appreciate it. At Jim Miller underscore NFL on the website formerly known as Twitter. Jim, appreciate you spending a few minutes with us as always, man. You bet. So um, I am not sure how I feel about the idea of signing da- like signing Dalvin Cook to send a message to J.K. Dobbins. If you sign Dalvin Cook, he's your running back. <laughs> Like, that's not a message. It's just over at that point. And there's no trade market for running backs. So I guess it's a good problem to have to have a ton of depth. But it goes back to what I said when we talked about this. It's funny because his partner, Pat Kerwin, had the same idea. And I'm like, is Dalvin Cook willing to just sign for, like, a one-year deal and not that? Is is that where we are? Are there just nobody offering Dalvin? I would think... That like that's maybe what the Jets offer him, and he said, "I'm gonna wait out, see if somebody else gets hurt between now and then, right. and see if somebody's got a a real offer to make me." Like I I just don't I feel like signing Dalvin Cook isn't the move that you make to try to send a message. Now I get it, signing Melvin Gordon ain't that the other way. Like that's not enough of a message. Nobody is 
J.K. Dobbins isn't saying to himself, I better get back out there so Melvin Gordon doesn't steal my spot. He knows he's better than Melvin Gordon. But you signed Alvin Cook. That's your guy. <laughs> like, you're not signing Dalvin Cook to be J.K. Dobbins' backup. I guess the worst case scenario is they both, you know. I I understand like, the argument, but like, as are, long as the Dalvin Cook price isn't. That, but that's the. Are we yeah. at the point where Dalvin Cook has no offers? I, it, it's I, a very valid question. It's a valid question, but it still seems like a right. Little, but you look at these, like look the at, idea that no one else would say, "Oh, all right, one year and six million bucks." Maybe it's true. Like but what what know, are the Ravens signing Dalvin Cook for? If the da- Ravens are essentially just saying we're giving up on J.K. Dobbins, and by the way, maybe there's a world in which they've predetermined we have no interest in using the franchise tag on J.K. Dobbins next year. So no matter what he does this season, he's gonna be gone. We're never spending money on him, and if that's the case, and the numbers for Dalvin Cook, we can do it for three years and. 14 15 million dollars yeah, Ingram type con- right. Edwards type contract like if that's where we are at this point then I don't know maybe but I feel like that's kind of extreme on both ends right like it it feels like it maybe the market is that depressed maybe it really is but also Dalvin Cook is a guy with a bunch of history of injuries and is that are are you really willing to spend a multi-year contract on Dalvin Cook either I, part of this is the great unknown of it. We just might be at that point where running backs can't get any deals at all, like anything. Because you look at the teams like that are sort of kind of on the edge. You would say like a lot, the Lions or a Seattle, a team yes. like that. The Lions went out and got a running back. Well, they Montgomery, drafted their running back, and they got Montgomery this. Yeah, but season. they they prioritize they they spent a first round pick on a running right, back. and then back. and then Seattle is. Obviously, they think Kenneth Walker is going to be their guy. And, but they also drafted another running right, back in right. Charbonnet. There, and then you look at the other teams that are a little below that, and they're lo- they're probably saying, I don't think Dalvin Cook is the guy that's going to get us to the next level this season and have us fighting for a playoff Well, I spot. definitely think that I, – I thought we all believed that the reason why Aaron Rodgers took the pay cut was so they could go ahead and sign Dalvin Cook and add him into the mix. And so I think that's why it was so bizarre when he visited New York and didn't sign – and admittedly, because I'm not really practically thinking about Dalvin Cook as a Raven, I didn't dive into. Maybe there was reports like, "Hey, you know, the Jets like Dalvin Cook. They want to sign Dalvin Cook, but they're only going to sign him at this amount." And he still thinks he can get a, you know. He also probably is thinking, if I'm on the, if I sign with the Jets, there's not even a, there's a chance I get benched when Brees Hall comes back. Well, well I don't know about bench, but weeks. yes, that he's not His the same featured. Right, back I, I turn into a committee. Correct. That he is in other places. Yeah, I mean, Dalvin Cook wouldn't be. Well, sure. I, I should have said yes. a committee, but he wouldn't be, you know, the he wouldn't primary be the feature back. He wouldn't down. be getting his fifteen to twenty carries a game anymore, and, and and that sort of thing. It's a wild world. I mean, look, if if the numbers work, I I I, I should be the I guy that says right, you can I, never I, have I, too many good players. Why not? I'm not. That's a, I'm not inherently opposed to the idea of Dalvin Cook. It's just. I kind of need to know a little bit more about all of these situations. Yeah, that's how I feel. I mean, if they can afford to do it. If the Ravens have utterly given, if the Ravens are openly saying, we are not signing J.K. Dobbins no matter what. And again, I'm not going to be surprised by that once you sign Lamar Jackson. As I said before, you have to start doing, budgetarily doing things. And if you're just saying, no matter what, the running back position is not somewhere we're going to spend money. 
come hell or high water, we will spend no real money at running back. Again, what's what's the real money that Dalvin Cook costs? Can you do it for one year? Mm-hmm. Is he is the difference that that's what he's looking for is still a three year deal? Is nobody willing to offer that to him? Is there a point where this continues to prolong and we get closer to the season? I I don't know, man. And is J.K. Dobbins? It could you effectively like could you could you do this if you're trying to send a message, J.K. Dobbins? Could you bring Dalvin Cook in for a visit without the intention of signing him and hope that J.K. Dobbins says, all right, guys, I'll practice next week. Like, I'll be there next week. Is there anything wrong with doing what, you know, what Jim uh, suggested? Activating you know, from yeah, pu- yeah, yeah, I mean, him. you run the risk of Just creating... Un- alienating. Like, yeah. you already... There are clearly already issues between the Ravens and J.K. Dobbins related to the surgery, right? Like, mm. there's clearly an amount of distrust. And maybe... It's a distrust that you already can't get past, right? Like maybe there is already such a fracture between the Ravens and J.K. Dobbins that they should sign Dalvin Cook yeah. because J.K. Dobbins is kind of openly saying, I have no intention in playing another down for you and just kind of wants you to release him. I, he's not saying anything. He's gone radio silent. I'm guessing he's not doing his um, his, uh, weekly his show, show. <laughs> again this year. Because I would assume if he was, that at one point he would have talked to Mark Gideon. He would be a Raven for life. I understand. (laughs) Well, I bet he does. But, you know, at a certain number he'd be willing. Numbers can always get over the discomfort of situations. There's always a number that can fix that. Kevin Brown, look at that. I mean, I don't know if there's that. You know, I don't think that. Anyway, the point being, without him talking and with the Ravens guarding it and his agents not talking – Maybe there is more to this story. There could also still be hope, I guess, that, you know, since they both are trying to protect the the other side, like... Or they're trying to protect value. Or it. J.K. Dobbins doesn't want to start publicly trashing because he doesn't want another team to see that and say, well, we don't want this guy. He's out here just trashing the team all the time. It Yes, it could be trying to protect the relationship. It also could just be trying to protect value. The Ravens don't want to trash J.K. Dobbins because they might want to see if somebody's willing to trade something for him. At some point, J.K. Dobbins doesn't want. Who knows? And with nobody, with everybody staying tight-lipped, and look, that's good for all parties involved. Not great for us. We'd like to know. Um, but with everybody staying tight-lipped, eh, who knows? Who knows? There's so many things that could be true here. My gut still remains that at some point J.K. Dobbins shows up. The Ravens don't really want to cause any more issues with him, so they probably don't activate him from Pup and start fining him until after the second preseason game. Like, after the second preseason game, they might say, okay, we need you to be here because we need you to get into game shape and we want to be confident that you're ready for week one. And so after the second preseason game, there's, what, still two to three more weeks? Yeah, well, because there's no... There's no fourth preseason game, so they have. Yeah, the second preseason game would be next weekend. You'd have like twenty days. So yeah, like three weeks to get ready for the first game of the season at that point. So that probably to me would be about the target date for. And I would live if it was two weeks, right? Like if he said, "Dude, I'll show up after the the final preseason game," I'd live. But if you were the Ravens, I think the the sweet spot would be three weeks. We easy in, then a real week of practice the following week, 
and then you're part of the game preparations mm-hmm. for week one. And that might mean, you know, we're not fully confident that you're ready to have a full workload in week one, but enough of a workload that you can be on the field and we can get through it and we're playing the Texans. So, you know, like we'll, we'll be okay. But if it ain't that, if it gets past that point, if there's not kind of an agreement in place, like, hey, I'll be ready to go, then at some point the Ravens, that's when I would say, all right, now it's time to to try to force the issue in one way or another. I, I mean, still don't think we're there yet. They'll have to, uh, I mean, punish probably isn't the right word, but I mean, you know, for him not being there for the first, you know, it's been three, I guess not three weeks quite yet, but if he misses the first three weeks of training camp, like that's... But what's uh, the, I don't understand. Well, just you, the we're rest t- of the th- team has been out there. Like how yeah, I, I how am, can they, they give him a full workload if he just, as long as he just shows up by, you know, August 22nd or whatever They'll say he has an ankle injury and everybody else can know yeah. better, but they'll say that. They'll say, look, he, he's been hurt. We we wanted to eat, ready get him ready to go when he was ready to go. They can cover that quickly. Is if I, other teammates, I think understand the business of football far okay. better today than 15 years ago. These things really did cause problems. Like 15 years ago, you get your ass in here and work with us. Nah, 15 years ago, maybe it's 20 years ago that we got to go back to that point. But today, these guys all get it. They all they all know what time it is. They all see how things are playing out, especially for that position. Yeah, and so they're not going to be. They, they they're probably what they want to know is, dude, are you going to be out there when the games are being played? Right. If you're going to be out there, then we're cool. We get it. Like we understand what you're going through. As long as you're going to be out there when the games are being played, and we want to go try to win a Super Bowl. And the reality is, like like you said, twenty years ago, you know, everyone on the same plane, and no one's special. Certain people are special. I, and yeah, but I don't. Like, I don't goes, think J.K. Like, Dobbins has entered into that territory. Right. I agree, but it's it's like a I clip think, of. You know, I think the, it's more just a tacit understanding of the business of the game, and like sure. you got to do you, you got to protect you. These guys are always out to get us. They're gonna get rid of us the moment they have the opportunity to. There is far more understanding amongst the players of the oh, business sure. side of football, and get every penny that you possibly can. Yeah, and a know can. your worth type of type right. of thing. And um, you know they're they're more willing like. Trust me, there's plenty of guys that are probably there that would rather not be there, and they would like to have the same reason to do it, but they're not going to be mad at the guy because they they understand. They If it was a different circumstance, if somebody... I'm trying to think of who would fit into this role. If if Broderick Washington... Started holding out. Decided he didn't want to be there, they might be like, dude, what the F? Like, what are you doing? And it might cause a real problem, but... They get the situation with J.K. Dobbins and the running back thing. Like they do. They they smart. They've got the internet. They they know what's going on. All right, you want to do one of these hacks? Yeah, yeah. Let's do one. Carson's right. a hack. Do you uh, want door yeah, number the, one or door number well, two? Hang on. Let's hit the okay. let's hit the music. Oh, good. He's a hack, man. Yeah, he's hacking life. It's Carson. He's a hack. He's a hack. Carson's a hack. Brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. There is a lot going on here. That an, uh, it's not, it's not, not, oh, it's a I need mixture. to go get is a cake, little bit of is water. There a blender coming? Like what the I need hell? to get a little bit of water. Okay, <laughs> go go ahead. Get a little. What the uh, hell? Griff, do you, can I just get like a little bit of your water bottle? Oh right yeah. yeah what the hell is going on over there? 
I don't know what we're doing exactly. I'm going to need more uh, of an explanation. It's a science project, it looks like. If, I'm, are we making okay. a volcano? So. Glenn, I uh, I heard you mention around Christmas time, right, that you like to bake cookies with uh, your family. We have a big family cookie bake. That's right. That's correct. All right, so. You ever get you one? You brownie get, mix. You didn't bring anything for cookies. Oh, yeah. We're not actually going to make any brownies. We're just going to mix this up a little bit. But I'm very confused. You ever get a mixer and you're you're trying to, whether it's some sort of mix or eggs or whatever, you're trying to mix it up and it hits the side there's, of the bowl or whatever no, and just goes there's, everywhere? There's nothing attached to your mixer. Not oh, yet. okay. All right. I got it. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? So This is the hack. Yeah, yeah you ever <laughs> like... <laughs> you don't use... <laughs> you, you use no, what do they call those things? Whiz, whiz, speed? Whisker, yeah, I don't whisker, know. Yeah. Whatever. Whisker. 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 So, you ever like. shows. <laughs> cooking expert. Uh, Mr. Baker over. Just call me Baker Mayfield. <laughs> so, you ever try and mix something up with one of these and it goes everywhere type thing, like bounces up out of yes, the bowl? Yes, that has happened to me. Yeah, of it's, it's, it's annoying and, and whatnot. There's a real simple solution. So, what I've got here. I'm very is nervous just, about this. I just got a paper. Scars is like, there's plate. not going to be a problem here. All of a sudden, we're going to have brownie all over everything in the uh, studio. So I just got a paper plate here, and all You've, I did was... I see was, you poked holes in yep, this paper plate. Just found where the uh, oh. attachments are, and I poked holes in it. And you got to make sure that it is the curved side down. So it's Curved it, it side down. It wants to look like the top of a mushroom. Okay. So you're going to take it, and you're just going to move your plate like this, and then line it up with the holes... And then just Jeez. put your uh, easy over there. Just put your struggling you know, a little bit. Just put your tong things in there. Tongs is what we're going yeah. with. Find out what they're called. Griffin. They're whisks. Do I think, I think you don't right. know that. Get the answer. Well, that's, what, what else are they gonna be called? Griffin, get the answer. You're the producer. What is, what is that thing called? It's a a mixer. Okay. Oh my god. All right. Now, let's do this way. This way. This <laughs> way be easier. Here we go. Uh, well, nobody can see it down there, pal. I know this is the only way it's going to get accomplished. Oh, <laughs> All right, so the, the paper is up against the paper plate is up against the mixer. Yes, it's they're yes. beaters. They're beaters. beaters. There we go. Beaters. beaters. I guess beaters. now are they for sure? Yeah, that's you're certain that's of that. If you look it up, if you're looking like beaters for sale or All something, right. they're available. On this is what I got. Cake beaters. Just a shield. Real simple. That I like this. Very one. easy. Now I'm just going to put a little bit of this brownie mix here because I don't want to waste it. But we're gonna open this up. The fudge kind. Are you gonna way. make brownies later? Uh yeah. I'll make some brownies yeah, later. Yeah, right. Okay. Maybe some magic brownies. I got a family crab. They don't need to have tonight. drugs. Maybe in. I'll they bring can just they can just be really brownies. good brownies. Yeah, Magical right? brownies. Yeah, just really good brownies. That's uh that's a uh, Amy Poehler. That's Leslie Nope from um, Parks and Recreation. There we go. Alright. <laughs> Might need a life hack for opening up the brownie mix. And get some brownie mix in there. I might have put a little bit too much water, but it's all right, all right. We're not really making right. Brownies. I was gonna right. say we're we're this is just for the eyeball and everything. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so this some brownie mix and some water in the bottom of the. Yeah, and I'm just gonna plug. Now, this normally in the there'd wall. be a little bit more than that. In oh the, yeah, yeah, there would normally be a lot. So I didn't want to waste the whole box. I understand. I'm just a little bit worried that people are gonna say that doesn't fully show that this works, but you know we'll ride with it. We'll ride with it. <laughs> Why not? And you're so, gonna go right to it, and you are confident. Does the camera show what's going yeah. on? Oh, oh, oh God, no. All right, right, we're going to go, go here. We're going to go here. All right, <laughs> everyone ready? Yeah. Did any of that end up on the floor? Uh, Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just I brought a paper towel in case. I think it might need more than a paper towel, Carson. All right, everyone ready? I'm ready. All right. No splashing, cover, yeah. It does cover yeah, the no entirety. Splash. 
but it didn't account for. Uh, but you do have to move it around. That like you you don't just mix the center of the. Right. Yeah, that's not. Just wait. Just just give it. Let it cook. Let it cook. This is. I feel like this is imperfect. No, I think it's working. I a little, little too much water, but that's blended up. I I, I think it works, right? I. I think there's something there. Yeah. I think it can be improved because you don't set up well for you to actually be able to move the mixer around within the bowl. You pretty well, much maybe you if you go like this, put it a little bit above, and yeah, it's turn, turn the bowl. The turn plate's the bowl still going to be. I feel like coverage. you need something a bit more malleable as your bar- your as your barrier, something that can change in shape in order to protect you in this circumstance. I don't know what that would be, but I feel like that's. Unfortunately, the paper plate might prove to be too rigid and create the exact problem. You also have to think that in, in a normal batch of brownies, the mix is going to be a little bit way, higher. It's going to be I way do agree higher. With that, so you, you can still just need let it to, You still need to move it around a little bit. Or you can kind of shift the bowl as you're mixing, right? Like Show you, me that. Like you're kind of like. Instead of moving the mixer, you're moving the bowl. Yeah, moving the bowl a little bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Don't yeah. spill it everywhere. Well, nobody can see it. Yeah. It uh, ain't and maybe even like curve the bowl a little it, bit. In I, I, here's what yeah. I say. It ain't perfect, but it's something. Oh. <laughs> had to eject somehow. I, it, I had to. It ain't perfect, but it's something. I understand what it is doing. I feel like it's it ain't nothing is what I would tell you. It ain't nothing. That's you can a, you a can thing. pull that one out at the uh, at the fam at the Clark at the Clark cookie family cookie. We actually really at, because we're baking cookies all day. We really don't give a rat's ass if there's it's you know yeah, it's, it's, it's just a matter of like of we're when, all, there's right. a billion cookies. Sure, yeah. that are like, being well, made Glenn's that corner day. is really clean, eh? right? <laughs> well, well, I'm in charge of the chocolate. Um, yeah, okay, it's something. All right, it's something. I'm giving you that it's something. Do you want to tease the other one that you're gonna do? Uh, yes, I'm actually. I need to. Yeah, we're gonna uh, need to I deal need to with it. Well, okay, yeah, I'm gonna, we're deal, gonna deal, with that. deal with that. I need to. I'll, I'll just do this one thing. Maybe, that's, maybe you know. ask if we have any carpet cleaner anywhere. Uh, it's just the powder. It's nothing. Like, yeah, they're vacuum, it'll vacuum nothing. up real quick. Okay. All right. Okay. What are you? Oh, he's eating gum. I wonder what that uh, could mean. That's all I got for that. <laughs> <laughs> what? Gum. So the, that's the tease. The tease as is well, gum. It, yeah. All right. All right. After we talk to Simon, br- and, and, well, and actually, hold on. Carter's gonna be like, "Smell my breath in 15 spilling minutes." Right? Some, <laughs> spilling something on the carpet is also tied into this. What? Oh, look at that! I, I mean, <laughs> I'm gonna show you a way. If you if you spit gum out on accident and get it in the carpet and it gets caught in there, I'll show you how to get it out really easily. Are you going to put gum in our carpet? Brought his own carpet. Brought his own carpet. <laughs> <laughs> I was, my own carpet. I was about to lose my mind. It's a piece of my basement carpet. Final day of the internship, <laughs> and we were going to have to remove him from the building. Oh, dude, I got a plan. I'm going to spill a bunch of uh, brownie mix and gum on the carpet, and then we're going to hope that it works. All right, that'll be coming up a little bit later on this hour. All right, now if you'll excuse me, I got to yeah, take care of the carpet. Yes, please go deal with that. That's uh, That's our guy Carson, Carson Weekly. With uh, Carson's a hack on his final day of his summer internship. How do we think this experiment on the whole has gone this summer? Uh, like, I, mean, I know we were keeping track for a little while, and then vacations happened, and we just sort of lost I said it the other day. I, I think I've changed people's lives. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if they enjoyed seeing you with your shirt off, I mean, like, that might have changed their life. 
I think um how, how, I think it's improved the show. Yeah. Has it been worth it? Uh, have we have is there been anything yeah. that's happened this summer that you said to yourself, I might implement Carson's that. Carson's learning a lot. I'm is there anything at all that Carson's done this summer that you said, maybe I'll implement that in my life? Uh I mean the the candle one was cool, I think. I like turning the lights out and then But I didn't ask that question. <laughs> I asked, has anything occurred this summer? He's had this like summer project that he's been working on. Has anything that he done he's done made you say to yourself, I've gotta do that moving forward? Um I guess no. Yeah. No. <laughs> Maybe is there one I'm forgetting about Carson that two like for, is two for Tuesday. <laughs> two for Tuesday. Like one that was really, like really yeah, good. Yeah, one that worked one really that well. Y- you've been doing them all summer. What was the You're the one that's oh, introduced the candle, them to us. the crayon candle. Right. I understand. Yeah, but I like the, that one. The, the circumstances <laughs> by which you would do that are so minimal. Have you actually learned anything? I was close to having to do it this week. That you, know, with you the storms. will carry with you for the rest of your life. That you will absolutely. That will upgrade your life in any way. I'll leave that up to the people. No, <laughs> asking you. Hell of a summer. Hell of a. So what have we learned? Nothing. Go back to school. That's what we learned. Yeah, that's what we taught him. We God. taught him that he needs to. God. This, this gum thing, this gum thing better be good. This better be good. Last one for the summer. All right. Um, today's show is brought to you by. Ooh, this one's brought to you by the print issue of Press Box, which is only available for a few more days, frankly, at your neighborhood Royal Farms, and then it'll be gone, daddy gone, and will be replaced by a new kind of football preview issue of Press Box. So if you have not picked this one up, this one is a very special one, obviously celebrating the life and legacy of Tony Saragusa. So go get it before it's gone. And I'm telling you, that is coming quick. Go get that print issue of Press Box as soon as possible. Um, Dan messaged me yesterday, said, Glenn, uh, did not hear you talk about Rashad Bateman returning to the practice field. How much do you think he is behind the eight ball as these guys try to get comfortable and prove to be the go-to guy for Lamar Jackson. It's an interesting question. Behind the eight, I'm not going to get too much in the behind the eight ball thing. Like, it's, we're still a month plus away from the start of the season. What's the date of the first game? Of the uh, September 10th? Is it the 10th? So we're exactly one month. There's still a yeah. month away. Yes, yeah, September 10th. From football. I mean, my God, there's plenty of time. But in the the very, like, there's plenty of time for Rashad Bateman to be ready to go and fully ramped up for the season. As far as the, this is way more relevant for like fantasy football reasons than it is for football football reasons. Because in a football football world, I don't care who's the who gets the bulk of the statistics. I, I hope it's very evenly spread out. I hope all three of the top receivers. Hell, I hope Nelson Aguilar is very productive. I hope Devin Duvernay is still pr- productive. If anybody else makes the team, I hope they're productive. Quan Treadwell. Sure. I don't think so, but, you know, who knows? Jamar Bridges. Probably not, but who knows? I I hope that the tight ends are all very productive. I hope there are enough footballs to go around to everyone. So as far as the Ravens winning, I'm not concerned who the guy is that stands out. If I expect someone to stand out, I, of course, still expect it to be Mark Andrews. In fact, um, one of the books had a prop. Uh, I was on Beeson a couple weeks ago, and I said one of the books had a prop where, like, Hang on, I'll, I'll tell you exactly what it was. It was... Da, 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 da. 
what like at you? plus three eighty, any Ravens player to have ten or more regular season rushing or receiving touchdowns. And I said at plus three eighty, I'd hit that prop. I'd hit it. Because with a healthy Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews would have done this multiple times. They go back, pull up exactly what Mark Andrews' numbers were. Mark Andrews. Oh, he. I mean, I know he had double digits one season. And he had 10 touchdowns in 2019. And then he had seven in 2020. And then five last year, nine in 2021. So obviously, if Lamar Jackson's healthy in 2021, Mark Andrews has done this at least twice. I don't know that he would have gotten – that's a big number to make up last year. But I like that chance of Mark Andrews in a more productive, more passing-heavy offense having the opportunity to do that. Mark Andrews is still going to be the guy. And if there's good news, they're not going to be able to pay as much attention to Mark Andrews. So I don't really care about the go-to or the number one thing or who's – I get it. From a fantasy football standpoint, that matters to everyone. And I've had plenty of people in the fantasy world ask me what I think about who's the guy. Any of them. I think that's what we're looking for here is for there not to be. And that's why I would argue I probably wouldn't draft any of them particularly highly. But I am still bullish about Rashad Bateman because... He's in big. a very small sample size a year ago, when both guys were healthy, you saw a serious connection and flashes of the pure talent that Rashad Bateman has as an outside, legitimate top guy. I'm bullish about him. I get it. Everybody's raving about how good Odell Beckham looks in training camp. Everybody's raving about you know Zay Flowers. Peter King, I think, said he was the greatest rookie in the history of rookies or something like that. That's like, pretty good. That's I I get it. Everybody is raving about those guys. It's training camp. Stop it. Peter King, again, who I like, is also the guy that said that Justin Matabike was going to be like defensive player of the year a few years back. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. It's training camp. It don't matter. Lamar Jackson and Rashad Bateman already have a connection. They have worked together. They didn't need this quite as much as he needed time with Odell Beckham and Zay Flowers, who he's never worked with before. I think he knows what he has in a healthy Rashad Bateman. And I am still a believer. Do I think he's a complete superstar? I don't know. But I think he has the ability, and I'm bullish about Rashad Bateman. So do I think he's fallen behind? No. Do I think that Lamar Jackson is going to be inclined to throw the ball to Odell Beckham more because they clearly have a unique relationship? Maybe. Maybe. Do I think that they're going to try to design plays specifically to get the ball in the hands of Zay Flowers? Again, I don't know why you draft Zay Flowers if you're not thinking about doing that. That's the wrong guy to get in that spot if you're not specifically designing plays with the idea being Zay Flowers in space. But I think Rashad Bateman is absolutely in the mix to be a very productive wide receiver, and I don't think him missing a couple of weeks has anything to do with it. I understand the question, Dan, and I appreciate it. I guess my long, my long-winded answer is then brought back to: it don't matter to me. Come draft day, when I'm sitting down to do my fantasy draft, I might wish I knew, and maybe I'm the guy that's willing to go. Rashad Bateman slightly higher than everybody else because I've seen it before. Yeah, he seems like the logical choice, but. 
I, you know, I get it. They spent some good money on Odell Beckham, right. and he is Odell Beckham, and he's a guy that's going to expect to get the ball. And he's still he's thirty one now. 30? Uh, yeah, and yeah. and he appears to be healthy and you know, making spectacular catches in training camp. And Zay Flowers is a guy they spent a very early round. I, I I understand the argument, all three of them, but I'm I don't think Rashad Bateman is dismissible just because he's not been out there. I still mm-hmm. think there is a serious connection between Lamar Jackson and Rashad Bateman that we saw, and that can still matter moving forward. We'll come back in. We'll make a trip to Bowie. Chat with Silas Ardoin. That's next. Glenn Clark Radio. You got to tighten up today. Boy. Oh, boy. Catch that festival feeling in Charm City. Everywhere you go, you'll find exciting entertainment, delicious eats, and endless summertime fun. Cheer on the O's at Camden Yards. Pick crabs by the waterfront. Beat the heat inside a world-class museum. And make memories that will last a lifetime. Go to Baltimore.org for more information and to plan your visit. It's game on every day at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Here, you're in on every play with 100-foot screens at Sports and Social, the best table games action, and FanDuel Sportsbook, all just steps away. The best bar bites and drinks, to indulgent steaks and curated cocktails. Your game day only gets better when matched up with Live's distinguished dining options. Late game? No problem. Our luxury hotel awaits. Live Casino and Hotel Maryland is the place to be on game day and every day. For more information, visit www.maryland.livecasinohotel.com. At Arundel Mills, must be 21, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. All electronic tolling is here to stay in Maryland, and driveeasymd.com helps you cruise a little easier. We're Maryland's tolling resource, home to EasyPass, pay-by-play, and video tolling. It's never been easier to pay your way. Driveeasymd.com will keep you moving. The Orioles are off and running out to prove that last season wasn't a fluke and they are one of the best teams in baseball. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, host of the Bat Around for Press Box. Tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon as Zach Goodman and I break down every Adley Bob, every Tony Tater, and every save from the mountain. Like a warm hug from Rutschman, the Bat Around has you covered with all things Orioles as we embark on what's sure to be a magical summer in Birdland. So tune in every Saturday for the best in Orioles coverage right here on the Bat Around. Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. It's the return of Grateful Dead Night on Friday the 18th. A special t-shirt package is available. Back-to-back fireworks carry on to Saturday the 19th with our Bates Overfest. Get some beer specials while you enjoy the game. And get here early on Sunday for a pre-game meet the team autograph session. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at baysox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox. Let us be your nine-inning vacation. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Dave Ginsburg remembers Goose as he looks back on the impact that late Tony Saragusa had both on and off the field here in Baltimore. Plus, he explains how Goose's kids are working to continue that legacy with the Goose Flights program. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles the path Tyler Wells has taken to becoming a star in the Orioles rotation. And you'll find a special summer travel guide with information about events and activities throughout the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations 
including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? All right, back in here on GCR. Bad news this morning. Uh, Danny Coulomb is headed to the IL. Don't like that. Obviously, there's been some bullpen issues this week. Danny Coulomb has been one of the better options out of the bullpen for the Orioles this season. Uh, Left biceps tendinitis, 15-day IL. Joey Crable, who had just been sent back down to make way for Webb, he will come right back to the Orioles uh, today and uh, presumably for the West Coast trip as well. So, uh, yeah, good news, bad news, bad news is no Danny Coulomb, unfortunately, for the next couple of weeks for the Orioles, who um, I'm trying to think of who now gets the left-handed, like, what what am I, I I mean, do they? Cole Irvin, like, is it? I I guess, yeah, he's pitched well out of the bullpen, but, like, that's a different, the leverage spots are a little bit different Mm -hmm. than the the way they have been using him, which is is the long man, so. Oh, yeah, Perez. That's a good point. Yeah, Perez. That could be the option. And he's pitched better of late, so that definitely seems like that should be the option. All right. Uh, time for us to make our weekly trip down to Bowie. Chat with a member of the Bay Sox. This man just got the call up to double-A level. He was a fourth-round pick of the Orioles out of Texas. He is catcher Silas Ardwan, and he's with us now here on GCR. Silas, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you. Thank you for taking the time for us. Yeah, thank y'all for having me. Absolutely, man. I, I know that it, you know this isn't like the call to the bigs. Like I understand, I don't want to oversell it, but you know, as you're as you make these moves and as you make your way through a pro career, what does it mean? Like Double A is thought to be like when it starts to get real for most guys. What does that mean to you to get that that bump? Yeah, first of all, I'll just say that I'm blessed to be in this situation. Um, we all set goals at the beginning of the season, and one of mine was to be able to make it to the next level by the end, and just get a taste of it, you know, and um, like, fortunately I've been able to do that continue just to continue to grow and develop as a player. I think this is a huge step for me. So talk to me about when I look at your numbers, um, I see, okay, well, you know, the batting average probably isn't where you want it to be, but then I see you're on base percentage and I say, Holy hell, um, 50 walks when you were at Aberdeen. Tell me about where this, and last year it was crazy as well. Tell me about where your patience comes from. Is it something that's always been a part of your approach, or is it something that has been taught to you at some point along the way? Uh, I think just growing up, I've always had a pretty good eye, and walks have always been a big part of my game, you know, being able to see the ball well. I think part of that comes from being a catcher. You know, you, you're a little bit stingy on that, on the edges and stuff, and luckily for me, a lot of times it goes my way, and uh, I'm, that's something that I just always had in my bag, but – I want to continue to develop on the aggressive side and be more more so of a hitter and maybe a little bit less walks, but either way, I, I'm, I like that part of my game. No, I think it's an incredible thing, and obviously it'll be beneficial and something that matters a lot in this organization. Silas, tell me about what you felt has been the strongest thing that you have improved upon as this year has gone on, like as or even since you know getting up to the pro level a year ago. Like, Tell me what's the thing that you believe has most improved about your game as a pro. I think just the the day to day, you know. I mean, starting off this season, even last season, it was a it's a little bit of an adjustment for me, and I'm just continuing to grow on the offensive side a lot and uh, getting more aggressive at the plate and driving the ball more. And that's something that I really honed in on each and every day, and just putting the ball the bat on the ball more and, and 
squaring it up, and that's something that I've gotten a lot better at. And uh, on the catching side, you know, just continue to develop as a catcher. I have a lot of take a lot of pride in my work, and that's something that I want to continue to develop. Uh, he is Silas Ardwan. He's with us here on GCR as we make our trip to Bowie this week to chat with the Bay Sox. Bay Sox are away this weekend, but back home starting next Tuesday night against Altoona. A lot of great events next week, including uh, a different alter- alternate identity that they are hiding from us next Wednesday until we get a little bit closer. Wolf Wednesday, fireworks next weekend, Grateful Dead Night next weekend. Lots of cool things coming up. Find out more at BaySox.com. Uh, Silas, your story, I don't know how many people are familiar with, the, the son of a baseball player, in fact, one that spent a little time here with the Orioles. Um, growing up the son of a baseball player, did you always know, like, that was the path for you? Did you ever have a point where you, like, rebelled? Like, I don't want to be a baseball player. I want to do something else. What was it like for you growing up the son of a baseball player? Yeah, no, I wouldn't say that. That ever crossed my mind, but ever since, you know, to be a professional baseball player and make it to the highest level. And luckily I have somebody in my own house that, you know, has done that and has walked the same path that I have that I'm in right now. So there's 15 years of professional knowledge right there in my house. I'm very fortunate to be able to pick his brain and learn something new from him each and every day because there's endless knowledge in this game. Uh, Silas's father, Danny Ardwan, um, what's the best thing that he's taught you over the years? What's the best advice that you've gotten from your dad as you've made your way on this journey? Yeah, it sounds pretty cliche, but just staying even kill, you know, never getting too high whenever you're having success and never getting too low whenever you're having failure. Um, just being a consistent player each and every day, that's something that he's harped on for a long time to me and something that I take a lot of pride in each and every day. All right, so it was a really short stint that he spent in Baltimore. Like, I'm mean, talking like, you know, I think like a week. Um, did he? There's no chance that he had any, like, Orioles gear still that when you got drafted he was like, oh, this is great, I can go throw on a jersey or something like that. Yeah, it was, a, it was a very short stint that he was with the Baltimore Orioles. And uh, he had a, I remember when I was young, he had a couple T-shirts, but that was about it. Okay, so there wasn't a whole lot there. Still, pretty cool, pretty cool that it ends up working out that way. Um, Silas, when you get drafted uh, as a catcher to an organization where you know, like, they've got one of the best catchers in all of baseball already, do you find yourself, like, asking questions like, hey, what what's the plan for me? Are you able to completely block that out and say, dude, I don't need to think about that. I'll just uh, I'll just do my business. Like, what's that feeling like when you know we we know who's at the top and there's an expectation that guy might be here for a while? Yeah, um, I think everybody's goal in professional baseball is to be a big leaguer. So that's not something that I'm very concerned in as far as what's the plan for me. You know, my goal is to just continue to develop each and every day and make myself a big leaguer. And whatever happens after that happens. But I feel very fortunate to have somebody like Adley, you know, in the organization as somebody that is getting some some experience, obviously, and performing at a high level and somebody that I can learn a lot from. I, I feel like it would be really exciting to say you get an invite to big league camp and you got an opportunity to, you know, pick that dude's brain a little bit, right? It's... Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I got to go over a couple times and catch bullpens and just have very short conversations with him. But those very short conversations meant a lot to me. And he's somebody that – you know, is coming up as one of the better catchers in the game, and it's somebody that I look up to as a as a big leaguer. So, did did your interest in catching come from your dad? Like, was was it because of that uniquely, or did you play other positions and you kind of ended up becoming a catcher at some point? Uh, growing up, I was actually a middle infielder my okay. entire life until I got until I got to high school, and my dad always said that, that was part of his plan. You know, to make me a middle infielder, middle infielder, and then whenever I got older, to become a catcher. 
Um, I didn't know that until he started me back there in high school, um, summer ball or something like that. And this just came natural to me and something that I uh, fell in love with. Did you did you find yourself, did the, the experience of having played in the middle infield, did it help in a way seeing the game in a different way when you made the move behind the play? Yeah, I think it made the transition a lot easier. I think it's important to, you know, you know, know every position and know what's going on in every part of the field, you know, not just get stuck behind the plate and caught in your own world. I think it's important as a catcher and as a leader to know every position and what their job is. And being a middle infielder growing up helped me with some, you know, some athleticism and some hand-eye coordination to stick me back there, and it was an easy transition. You are a, you're a kid from Louisiana. You've never, like, connected with Ben McDonald at any point, have you? Uh, I wouldn't say connected as far as having many conversations yeah. but when i was in high school summer ball he had a son the same age as me and we played against each other okay a ton, so i'm familiar with him I, I feel like he's almost like the governor of louisiana baseball man like i feel <laughs> like he is just the king of all that why was why was texas the spot for you like I'm, I'm i'm imagining that maybe you know a lot of kids growing up in that area would dream about going to lsu like why was it that texas was the right place for you yeah, my journey to college ball was a lot different than a lot of people. Um, I was a really late bloomer. I grew up a lot in my senior year of high school. And by that time, you know, LSU had their, their guys already signed. And, um, you know, obviously as a kid from Louisiana, that's somewhere that everybody wants to go. But it was, I was never like a diehard LSU fan, I would say. And okay. Texas came onto the scene um, whenever I was a senior. And I went over there and visited and really enjoyed the place. And they made me feel like home. I'll never look back from that. You know, I, I really enjoyed my time over there, and I, n- I never regret that decision. Yeah, I mean, it's Texas that we're talking about. Let's not, like, undersell that in any way. No doubt. It's, yeah, not, no it's doubt. not. That's a heck of a plan B, right? <laughs> it's, it's Texas. That's a pretty yeah. big deal, man. Uh, Silas Arglin yeah. with us here on uh, GCR. Silas, what's the – so I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big uh, Bayou food guy. Like, I go down to New Orleans every couple of years. What is it uh-huh. that, like, growing up – was your favorite thing to eat that, like, there's no way that anywhere in the Mid-Atlantic you're ever going to be able to have, able to have anything like it? I think the easy answer would be gumbo. Yeah. Um, it's something my mom is an amazing cook, and she cook whenever I come home, off season, don't matter what the weather's like outside. Most people like it whenever it's cold outside, but I, I like it whenever, you know, that's always my first request is some gumbo, and then boiled crawfish, obviously, is something that I, I like a lot also. I see. I feel like if you're down with a crawfish boil, you should be able to transition okay to like sitting around and cracking crabs with everybody. Have you had the opportunity to do it yet? Uh, I haven't actually sat down and cracked crabs with people up here, but you know, I've I've had my fair share of crabs back home, so I feel easy, you know, I, easy transition. I feel like the vibe will be pretty similar to you. Like I've been to a couple of crawfish boils, and like I remember the first time I went to one, I was like, oh. I I can do this. This is just like sitting around and cracking crabs with the boys back home. Like I can I can deal. This is kind of a dope thing. Although it is weird the first time you go to a crawfish boil and you look at it and you're like, it kind of looks like a bug. I'm really gonna eat that thing. Like how yeah, many times yeah. have you how many times have you invited someone you know to home and they've said like, dude, are we really doing this? No, I wouldn't say it's ever happened. Like inviting somebody to home because everybody. In Louisiana, you know, lives and dies by boiled crawfish it's crawfish season. But while I was in Austin at Texas during the season last year, one weekend we had my dad uh, have a big team crawfish boil at the field after one of the games. <laughs> a lot of guys were, you know, <laughs> had to go and teach them how to peel the crawfish and how to eat them. And at first they were 
you know, a little weird out by it. But as they as they started to get it, they really enjoyed it. Yeah, that was a fun experience. I agree, and I unfortunately you're right about the gumbo thing. Man, there are places around here that try, but I don't know if it's just like the okra is not as spicy. I don't know what it is, man. You cannot recreate a delicious uh, Louisiana gumbo up here. It's not possible to do. Um, Silas, you said you're a, a guy with goals, right? So now you, you get the goal, you get to the next level. What's next? What is it now that you shift your focus towards as far as, you know, accomplishing those goals that you have for yourself? Yeah, as far as the rest of the season goes, you know, I just want to be present and being the longest and grow as a player and get used to this competition because, you know, it's a, it's a step step forward. And um, going into the holiday season, just want to continue to develop and get stronger, get faster, get a little bit better at uh, perfecting my craft and hopefully you know start here next year or, or somewhere and continue to grow what is it like when you got a heck of a view for watching this kid jackson holiday play baseball what what is it like to watch this young man at his age do the things that he is capable of doing it's it's incredible it's something that you know i've never seen before his demeanor the way he goes about his work each and every day uh the humble confidence that he has he's never he's never shying away from any competition you know and it's, that's the strength of his, and he's just, you know, just to be 19, to be competing at a high level like he is, you know, it's, it's incredible to watch. It really is amazing, and it just looks so damn easy for him. Like, it just looks so no effortless. Doubt, no doubt. Like, how is this possible? It is wild. I don't know. I, I ask myself that every day. <laughs> right? Like, must be nice to be blessed with those gifts, man. That is crazy. Oh, yeah. Uh, Silas Ardwan, uh, at, at just spell it S I A L A S S I L A S A R D O I N on Instagram is how you can follow him. Uh, are you on Twitter as well, Silas? I am. Yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. Same thing. Four at the end, I think. Give him a follow there. Uh, yeah, with a four, exactly right. Silas, uh, congratulations on uh, getting the bump up on everything you've accomplished so far. We can't wait to see what's next for you as you continue to make your way through this organization. Thanks for spending a couple of minutes with us this morning. Best of luck moving forward, all right? Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate you having me on. Silas Ardwan and the Bowie Bay Sox, who, again, are away this weekend but back home next week. And, yeah, Silas's dad, uh, Danny, in 2006, had, like, a cup of coffee with the Orioles, uh, claimed off of waivers on August 30th, because Ramon Hernandez was hurt, I, this is a this is a dark spot for me, or a blind spot for me. Because this is right as I had moved to Arizona, uh, you and just of course left the, everything in Baltimore behind. No, like I, but like you just can't. And the team was bad, right? So I'm telling you, when I was doing my research on Silas, and I was like, Danny Ardo, who the hell is Danny? He played for the Orioles, and I looked at him like, oh. I get it. For a week. <laughs> yes. for Well, I don't know. I think he was technically on the team the rest of the season, oh, but okay. he only appeared in five games. He did have one hit. So he did record. He has one more hit as an Oriole than you and I have uh, <laughs> in 13 at-bats. Um, so technically, Silas following in his footsteps, um, but again, was briefly, very briefly an Oriole in the 06 season. But a neat story. And uh, Silas Ardwan, who was off to a pretty good start at uh, Bowie after getting called up. Had a couple of hits last night. Appreciate him taking the time for us this morning. Still to come today, we're going to wrap today's show by chatting with Maryland football coach Mike Loxley and uh, previewing the season with him, which is about three weeks from getting underway. So they take on Towson in the opener. Um, 
Griffin, you want to tell everybody what's going on at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland? I would love to. I want to tell you about the R Bar today. You can beat the heat and get ready to rock at the R Bar at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. It's located in the center of the casino floor. The R Bar features live music on Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays, and a seasonal rotation of yard drinks, including a vodka Red Bull slush and a frozen frozen Mount Gay Rum Runner. You can try all the different combinations at the R Bar at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. That's the R Bar. It's Adirondale Mills. Must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Carson. This is the last one. Maybe the last one ever. Like, ever. Yeah. You just never know. Like, maybe the show won't exist. You just don't know. Maybe we'll change the locks and say, like, we just can't keep letting so this can't, guy This kid can't just keep walking. Right? Like, do I have to hit or, the music again, or do we... Uh, nah. Yeah, well, do you want it just cause one more time to, before we go? He's a hack, man. <laughs> Yeah, he's hacking life. It's Carson is a hack. This better be the one that like we've been building up to all summer long. Like this is the moment we've been waiting for. This is the all one right. that we will carry with us for the rest of our lives. So I was chewing this piece of gum and I accidentally it fell out of my it's mouth. It's weird how ah. it fell right on that piece of carpet that you brought it with fell you. Right on the carpet. It's what are the odds when you think about it? I how would that occur? It's happened to me. Yeah. Now, if you were to be in that situation, in a normal spot, like shit, show everybody, you can't just pick that gum right out of the no. carpet. Like, uh-uh. It, but like, yeah, you're gonna I mean, leave, look. I mean, it's getting stuck in yeah, there. Yeah, right. You're gonna leave behind a whole mess. That so, won't work. All right, so imagine if someone trampled it down too. Here's right? a good way to get it out. Rough, right? Here's a good way to get it out. Okay. So you're gonna start by you're gonna take a fork, you're gonna try and just get a majority of like what's sitting on top, and you'll be left with. Are, are people seeing the carpet? Or are we? Yeah, yeah, they can see. Okay. It. So right. you're gonna try and just get a majority of it off, and you can accomplish that by using a fork like th- like so. You're just gonna take the fork and. Kind of work it in there a little bit, and you'll come up with you'll probably bring a little boom. carpet up with there you. There you go. You've pulled up a little bit of carpet, and you've left uh, some gum some residue. residue. Yeah, you don't want that on your carpet. No, you sure don't. So, very very simple solution. I thought there was gonna be a dramatic. Got he, my trusty turned, paper towel. And I realized he was just throwing away the fork. I thought there was something. <laughs> so you take a lemon. Yes. And see, there's like I mean, it's not a ton of residue, but there's some left there. Something that you don't want on your carpet. Uh huh. You're just gonna take a little bit of lemon juice here. Ooh. Ooh. Put it on a paper towel. Okay. And then take a little bit more and just put Squeeze it on top. On the gum residue. Yep. Uh-huh. Just let that kind of sit for a second. It's it's acidic, so just let the acid kind of soak in. So a how bit long there. are we leaving that sitting for? Five, ten seconds. Oh, okay. Not much. Just right. just kind of let it coat a little bit. It's not even enough time to go chew another piece of gum yet. <laughs> and then you're just gonna pick it right out. So like, you can save like that piece so. of gum. And- now wait a second. That really get all of that residue out. You can you gotta do a couple rounds. See, there that's round one right there. I got pretty much all of it. There's a little bit left. Show the camera good. real quick. It looks pretty good. Yeah, show it. Hold it to the camera. Okay. See, like there, you can see there's a tiny I mean, bit yeah, left. Yeah, there's a tiny a bit, little left. bit left. So I'm gonna take it. I'm just gonna do the same thing, same process. A little bit here on the paper towel. And a little bit more on the carpet. A little bit more on the carpet. And it's gonna make the carpet smell good. Let it soak in. Yeah, it'll smell lemony fresh. Yeah. Five, ten seconds. Right. I might just start squeezing lemons on my carpet for the fun of it. And then pick it out. Drop the seed in there. Mm. And then, boom. I got some, pa- you could leave a little paper towel residue in there, but 
It's gone. Cool. Look it's at that. that. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah, and the paper towel residue, you know, it's just the little pieces, that's all. Well, I got I got to be honest with you. I think this is a thumbs up. <laughs> I think this you have accomplished something. Boom. And you got the, clean carpet. Yeah, is this the first thumbs up of the year? It's not the f- there was something else that I liked. I didn't like the it. crayon. The crayon was cool. But we liked uh, a few things. What else did you like? I, there was something else that I said I liked, but I just didn't think it would be something we'd ever do. What else did you like? There was something else that like it was it was too new. What was the beer thing? Oh, oh, the paper towel. Yeah, I said it yeah, worked, yeah. but it was just so. It worked. Yeah. I mean, like, it, it was so random that I didn't think the circumstances would present work. itself. But much. there you go. And now you got some lemony fresh clean carpet. Look no at, more. Gum. Look at this guy. Look at this guy. Look at Carson. All right. I'll tell you, buddy. and on a good note. Well done. Hey, pal, I want you to know, I'll probably never remember to do that. Okay. But I still appreciate you showing it to me. Absolutely. It's my and, pleasure. And not just me, the world. That's right. Obviously. I'm, I changed lives. I, I, I think, told you, I changed I lives. I think you should consider a Carson's A Hack TikTok page. And just do these I things. Think, or you could put it on our TikTok page. You could do it from home. Okay. You got to let us know. Alert us, right? Because yeah, I'll be like, hey, I'm about to. Pam posting something yeah. on TikTok if you want to check it out, right? Like, Or maybe we could have you. We should be able to incorporate Zoom back into the show. We can do some uh, Zoom. I can Zoom in. You could Zoom, zoom in, in yeah. and show us something. It'll be a little sure. bit awkward because I won't be able to see it, but um, we'll have to that we can out. work yeah. on that, yeah. I guess, okay. a little bit, right? Hey, like, you guys just let me know. I'm down I'm down for anything. I I'm, did I'm, appreciate I'm good with whatever. that it was unique and different as far as segments go. I would like things that will could legitimately change our lives. Okay. That are more <laughs> – these are very specific like that, the brownie thing was closer, right? It was closer. Sure. People do mix, th- specifically gum on a carpet. Definitely not an everyday thing. Well, that happens. Does not kids? Glenn. I'm not saying kids. it doesn't happen. I'm saying it doesn't happen frequently enough for you to make it a core memory. Yeah, it's not. It right? might happen once a year, maybe. I'm saying, like, I would love for you to continue to pursue things that are like more day to day, every day. Okay. Right. More that uh, will that actually works. impact the way that we go about doing something that we do regularly. Okay. And I would love to see this continue in some form or fashion I can as you that. head back to school. Sure. Do you want to take your shirt off one more time for everybody? Do you want to just... It's going to cost. Oh, boy. All right. You got to sign up for OnlyFans. <laughs> if you want to... You got to sign up for his... Uh... What's the other one that like young people... What's the... Um, Maybe it's just for girls. It's my, maybe is it a... Uh, my cousin's kid was telling me about like... Fansly, were, maybe? No, it's not That's like for it's thing. not for porn. It's like oh, for okay. it's like where girls would post like their bikini pictures so that like their parents wouldn't see them. It was like a social pa- visco. Oh, is that? Oh a, yeah. yeah, it's like is another. Ins- a- it's like an Instagram. Yeah, that's it's not. Like, but it's like Instagram. It's not like actual. No, no, I'm saying, but like, was that what was that a thing where like your parents don't know that Instagram exists? So. Um, you could be a little more. You could post like pictures of you drinking on. Never, Visco or never something. had Visco. Really, never know, been yeah. on. Visco, I thought that so was a. Know. I thought that was what they were trying to. Yeah, explain. I, yeah. it wasn't. Never got like that big. Yeah, I it's don't think. like you said. Okay. It's. It I, I do know that like a lot of girls have one. Yeah, I okay. think it's also kind of a thing where like you don't want to post every single photo on Instagram. But if you take a photo that you like, I think you maybe it's something you put on your Visco. Like if I if you just took a nice photo though. Because there's like no captions or anything, right? Like a nice yeah. photo of a sunset or something, and you're you're like, oh, I don't know, nice. I don't know. I'm just yeah, I'm no, taking I, a guess. I haven't used Visco either, so it's never have had a Visco. All right, so. Not, yeah. I will never have a Visco. I'll never. I never had a Vine either. I didn't think I would ever have TikTok. That was a good app. Vine was a good yeah. app. Sure, maybe it was. Glenn Clark should have been on Vine. Maybe uh, well, you think it would have saved Vine? <laughs> like that's the reason why <laughs> Vine's dead is because I never got on. 
Uh, couple of, by the way, thank you, Carson. Hardly. Yeah, remind no, everybody your, uh, where they can follow you. At Carson Ware uh, on, on all social media besides Visco. All right, he's going, <laughs> besides Visco. He's going back to school. He's going back to school, but he'll, uh, he'll, he'll, he'll really never go away. He'll never not be a part of it. That's why we love Carson. Uh, appreciate all your hard work, bud. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you How guys much longer will you be running here. the TikTok, by the way? How much, in, how much longer until that ends? And we got to find I mean, somebody I else. I go back to school on Saturday. Oh, piss. All right. So uh, we got to find somebody to run our TikTok account. <laughs> I gave you a lot of notes. If you are looking to get involved in. <laughs> I, I gave think, you a ton of notes. I think we might have an intern lined up for the fall. I think we might, okay. if I remember correctly. And it's oddly somebody who's not into sports, like at all. Well, I will. Uh, I'll hand I, I, will I hand thought it, the I, keys. I, I, I preach. I, I interviewed him, and I was like, eh, I think this is gonna work. Um, what do you think about me when you when you interviewed me? I remember you a had Zoom come. Call. You had come recommended. Yeah, I remember. Uh, come, I remember a little Zoom call. There had been a recommendation uh, from a a media figure in town. Wow, had recommended uh, Carson, and so. I said, well, can I can I say who it is? I don't know if people. I I don't care if you say Scott who Garso wow. recommended Carson, and Scott, of course, is very much a dean in the Baltimore sports really media really nice community. Guy. Really nice. Guy. And if Scott Garso recommends someone, then you're inclined to say, all right, then, like I I will I will ab- happily give that young man a chance. And so, um, if you're trying to get an internship with us and you want an in. Call Scott Garceau and say, hey, Scott, can you put a word in with Glenn? Because if Scott puts a word in with me, you're going to get your foot in the door here. Like That's sort of a, a policy that I'm going to continue to have. If Scott Garceau says something, I'm going to go with it. That's the way it will tend to be. But, yes, that was the how – how long ago would that have been, by the way? I, uh, that would have been March of uh, 2022. Jeez, it's been a minute. I remember being nervous. I was, I was nervous? I, I remember being nervous for that Zoom. And now we can't get rid of it. <laughs> I know. Now I, just, now I just won't leave. Now it's like an obligation that when you finish school, we might have to hire yeah, you. I do remember taking a very deep breath before – Oh, getting on that. Oh, thing. very sweet. We like Carson a lot. He's a good kid, and uh, he's headed back to uh, Ole Miss, where he goes to school next week. But uh, we'll look forward to uh, continuing and being in touch with him. And uh, hi, when when if you want to jump in line, I would encourage you to hire Carson. Wait, is this your final year? I got one more year. Yeah, yeah I'm, so I'm gonna finish out all my credits this year. I'm just it's gonna be a four year flat. All right. Thing. So uh, next summer, Carson's going to be in the, the the market for a job, a real big boy job. And if you've got a real That's big right. boy job, I would recommend Carson for it. A couple of quick Orioles notes. Um, uh, Cole Irvin is going to start on Saturday, so he won't be the left-handed specialist in the bullpen. And they're going to go to a six-man rotation, at least for now. And that, again, is a reflection of the innings situation and every, doing everything they can to try to limit how many innings these guys throw. So Cole Irvin starts Saturday in Seattle. Brandon Hyde says they will likely go with a six-man rotation for a little while, although that does leave flexibility if they were to, say, decide to skip someone. And, you know, Kyle Bradish has had a slight rough patch. Maybe they would want to – I don't know. I don't know what they would want to do. So just keep that in mind, but Cole Irvin will be the starting pitcher on Saturday for the Orioles against the Mariners. He also um, says, uh, Brandon Hyde says that Tyler Wells will start Saturday with Bowie. So going to get more work in before they would figure out what they're going to do. They kept him the 50 pitches the last time, so I don't know what the plan will be this time and see how he could factor in as I, I thinking that it might be kind of a musical chairs act with the inning stuff in order like one guy doesn't look fresh, doesn't look sharp. You send him down for a reset. 
I haven't looked at the. Uh, let me. Is there anybody that doesn't have? They all have options, right? Uh, I they all have, have it up. Yeah. Options, um. Let's see. I'm trying to think if there's anybody who doesn't have. I got. I, I mean, got, Gibson obviously Flair. Well, yes, Gibson yeah. Flair. But yeah, Kramer has an option. Rod, Grayson still has op, uh, has, options. Yeah. Uh, obviously, and Bradish does as well. And and G- Grayson was already options one this year, so mm-hmm. that wouldn't even count. Yeah. Um. Kramer hasn't been optioned this year, so that would be his final option if they were to do it. But if they feel like he's hitting the wall a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't think they're worried about protecting yeah, options necessarily for Dean Kramer. Although this deep into the season, they might be inclined to say, let's try to hold it out with Dean Kramer and not option him if we don't have to. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But I do think there will be a little bit of a musical chairs thing that will be going on with the Orioles and the rotation and who's fresh. And when Tyler Wells seems like he's ready to try to make a start again, they put him in the six-man thing might become kind of a new normal, but with the bullpen as shaky as it's been and now no Danny Coulomb, you're asking a lot of that bullpen. Yeah. So there's no there, there's no more help coming. There's no more trade deadline. There's no more this is what you got. Hopefully John Means can help in some capacity as well in the coming weeks. When He, he pitched already this he week, pitches correct? Today, he, pitch, he pitches today. He pitches today? I believe it's today. Okay. Um, Up in or wherever Bowie is. Uh. And uh, yeah, yeah, I mean he. Yep. So that that's another one. Uh, I mean that because he, he's how much will they have to build him up? I guess is the question. He'll probably what's tonight? Oh, he'll definitely have to make a few. I mean, he's yeah. not he's not moving into the rotation next well, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll definitely he hasn't had anything, so he's going to need time. But a couple. But yeah, of if weeks, they want him to be a starter, that'll help a lot. And yeah, I mean it would cer- it would certainly help a good bit mm-hmm. if that could be the case. If not, you would hope that he can help. I and. You know, I, Bauman has been pitching in leverage situations, so I don't really know who your long man is either. It might be that it's a a, a kind of wink-wink six-man rotation. It's a six-man rotation unless the sixth guy is needed to come out of the bullpen. And then it's not a six-man rotation anymore, right? Like, it might very well be one of those, hey, our plan is to start Cole Irvin on Saturday, but if we get into trouble today, then... We don't have a choice. Yeah. I mean, Austin Voth is close, I believe. I know he's been he's, pitching with Norfolk. I, I think you're right about that, but, it, yeah. you know, he's not here, right. so he couldn't right. be the option. Somebody's got to be your long man today, right? Like, you need a long man. I'm hoping that Dean Kramer gives them an excellent start, but if Dean Kramer is in trouble early on. Maybe Cole Irvin's the long man then today. If you know, That was what the, I just said, that yeah. Cole Irvin's yeah. the sixth man in the rotation unless he's needed before then, Right. in which case – you go to him, and then you got to figure out what you're doing. Well, or you got to figure out if there's somebody else that you can have start. Maybe Tyler Wells, yeah, while there's- Tyler Wells is supposed to start for Bowie on Saturday. Maybe all of a sudden that start is back here instead. I don't know. All right, uh, we'll come back in. We'll get a tidbit, and we'll get. Do you want to do fighting words real quick? Or? Oh, right, it is Thursday. Thank. Don't you. act so bummed. Go ahead. All right. It's fighting words with Riffin Bats. Uh, yes, it is fighting words. It was a, uh, I mean, nothing was going to was gonna top the two weekends ago, uh, but it was Nate Diaz and Jake Paul fighting uh, over the weekend. That was obviously no. the headline. What? You, you said fighting. That's not what that is. It was It was a boxing match, for sure. That's not what that is. It was a, it was a boxing match. No, it was not. Yeah. Um, it, well, it, 
It, it I, happened. It was uh, I, great. I'm sure somebody Jake was Paul, sparring Paul with their did, did brother fight. in the basement too this week. Did you cover that? No, I didn't. Did they go right, ten th- rounds? Yeah, this is a this is a segment we talk about like a sport. That was the that was the that was the headliner from yeah, the weekend. Yeah, that, was, no, no, no. That's the problem. Well, I understand that's the problem. It's so embarrassing. Like it's just well, so how goddamn embarrassing when I read like like fight fight people that are doing everything in their power to try to put it over instead of just acknowledging what a sham all of this is. Like, they are trying to go the route of, well, people are interested in it, so we have to cover it. Like, no, you don't. No, you don't. You don't have to pretend. Again, we don't have to pretend like the WWE is a sport. We don't have to do these things. We can talk about them as what they are. Irrelevant. Fighting writers should not be the ones covering this. Pop culture figures can cover these things if they want to, but fighting writers should not be the one. You shouldn't be sending those guys out and saying, this is the sport now. You're just trying to help kill the sport. It's embarrassing. I don't care that he won. I don't care anything about it because none of it is real. None of it is real. So is there a way to fix this? No. There's just, not a way to it, fix it. You can't make this real. Somehow, somehow, you know, I guess, you know, the way that WWE is treated now, like somehow, I guess it's it has to be if in you were class. Cap- if you were capable of saying this is celebrity boxing and nothing more, the problem is... The boxing community is desirous they, of the attention, yeah. so they want to help prop it up because they like the attention that they get out of it, and so nobody is treating it as it should be treated. It's shameful. It's embarrassing. This wasn't. This was a sham. I don't care that he won, quote unquote, won the fight because it's not a fight. Diaz isn't a boxer. None of it is real. We have no idea what agreements are in place to do what because none of it is real. Nothing is at stake other than money. So when the only thing that's at Which, stake is money, people are doing willing to do lots of things in order to protect money. So I have no clue. Which they both made a lot of. Yes. Uh, SummerSlam did happen as well. <laughs> I mean, if this is this where we are? I, I mean, that's what that was. That was the those were the two headlines from the weekend. UFC Nashville also happened. It was a pretty uh, kind of underwhelming of a, of a card. Uh, Corey Sand, my bet did hit. My uh, my Corey Sandhagen bet uh, did hit, uh, but it, he as the main event, it was very very boring. He just grinded to a slow, uh, long decision. Uh, as I kind of predicted, rough. yeah, it was a it was a little disappointing for for those in Nashville. This weekend doesn't get much better in the UFC front. This card is really not much more exciting. It's Rafael dos Anjos. Uh, versus uh, Vincente Luque in the lightweights, uh, but if it, you say so, yeah, I, I I don't even have a bet for this one. This is, this card is, uh, I mean, it's everyone's gonna be watching the Ravens preseason game Saturday night anyway. So there is a big fight this weekend, though. Yes, Anthony Joshua. Well, so Dylan White was supposed to fight Anthony Joshua. Wait, why? I don't I don't know this. What happened? Uh, he got pulled out for he got busted for doping. Oh, I had no idea. Yes. Oh, so Anthony Joshua's uh, fortunately Robert Helene has stepped up. Uh, the 39-year-old fin- uh, Finnish Finnish boxer. I don't know. And I don't know anything Robert about Helene's, this. Yeah. Well, he stepped up. Um, I mean, it's gonna. It's good for Anthony Joshua because now it still gets. To, he he. This will. He's 39 years old. He fought last Saturday, actually. Helenius did. He, what? It, he fought. An, he fought another guy back in Finland, a 41-year-old who's only had, I think, like seven or eight fights. None of this is real. It is real. No, 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 no. This I'm not saying it's not happening. Oh, okay. I'm saying the real boxing is now a sham too. Robert Hellenius is a legitimate boxer. I mean, I, he's old, but like I didn't realize he was the guy that fought Deontay Wilder. Yes, um, yeah, yeah, last year. But yes, but he looked—he got smoked in the first round against Wilder. It was yes. Oh no, he was this. He was just—they needed to do a fight, and mm-hmm. so he was the guy. But you can't have somebody fight last week. 
they, step they, up as the main event. There's supposed to be rules that present prevent these things from happening. Well, it, that was when he won his fight without you know the, he didn't look good. The guy was the guy he fought was very bad, but you know he survived the fight enough that you know they they're clearing bad, him dude. for this, this week. This is bad. It's this not, yeah, it's bad, not great. Bad, uh, I mean, Anthony Joshua moment. still gets his fight, though, so as long as he wins, which there's no reason that he shouldn't be able to I steamroll mean. <laughs> Robert Hellenius, uh, it will set up his fight. I believe January is where they're targeting now for Wilder Joshua, uh, so that, that, that'll that set that up. Uh, Terrence Crawford says that he only needs one more fight to uh, legitimize toward, yeah. For to, to for his legacy for for him to Who? essentially uh, Jermel Charlo that's the only fight that he says that he needs. I mean, it'd be a good fight. It I don't would. think it I don't would. I don't know that he needs it. Yeah. Like, but it would be a good fight. Um, and before that, Jer, or no, yeah, Jamal fights Canelo. Damn it, did I? Yeah, I right. Yeah, 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 I, I, I feel like I got them mixed up. Or Jermel and uh, and Jamal. Uh, one of them fighting Canelo in September. Well, you're the guy that does the. the I know. Fighting, I know. I know. I, I fighting word segment. I know. I understand. So. You're supposed to tell me. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, ch- I'm checking. I'm checking. Jermel Jermel Charlo is fighting Canelo Alvarez. Okay. Yes. Yes. And that is who. That's then. That's who Terence Crawford wants okay. uh, after the after the Canelo fight. And um, you know, that's uh, the, those are that that's really the highlight this week is just the kind of the the doping uh, agency coming down on on Dylan White and uh, and Anthony Joshua. I had no. Fortunately, idea. I guess. Is, it's no, it's not it's, fortunate. It's not. For, I mean, this is embarrassing. This is embarrassing for the sport. It's embarrassing for everybody involved. It's embarrassing. It's the again. It's it's protecting money at, for this at the at the cost of the sport. Like, there's nothing legitimate about having a dude that's 40 years old step into fight just for the sake of well, we wanted a. We wanted an Anthony, Anthony Joshua, Joshua fight, yeah. so we'll literally take, you know, even a guy that fought, fought last week. That shouldn't happen. Like, I, I get it. I understand that no matter who you're going to put in there, at this point it was just going to be somebody for Anthony Joshua to beat up, mm-hmm. but, like, not somebody who fought last week. Yeah. Anybody but that. That's why typically you try to have another fight on the card that, like, could step up as as a, necessary yeah. there's another heavyweight somewhere on the card that like in an emergency situation sorry that fight's not happening instead you are moving into the main event and everybody knows that it's a sham but at least it's somebody that was training for a fight and ready to go like that's that's yeah kind of fight making 101 that you that's your backup plan is somebody else that's on the card somebody who fought last Saturday so embarrassing. Yes, it's not. So it's not ideal. There is going to be some real boxing on ESPN uh, this uh, this week at 10 p.m. main card uh, for the junior lightweight uh, uh, title for Emmanuel Navarrete is going to. Oh right, uh, yeah. The Olympian Oscar Oscar yep. Valdez. I did see that. Uh, so that should be a good. Uh, that should be a good fight. That'll be that card will start at 10 p.m. on ESPN. What is the next thing we have to look forward to? Like, what's the next? Boxing wise, probably Canelo, or I guess uh, well UFC uh, two ninety two. When, when uh, is that? That will be next weekend. Okay, and what? So that'll be Aljamain Sterling versus. Oh right, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Why can't I even remember who Aljamain's fighting? Uh, um, for the bantamweight, uh, Sean O'Malley, Sugar Sean, you. Sugar yes, Show. Correct. Uh, so that'll be a good fight. That was the one weird thing about Nashville that Aljamain Sterling was at the fights in Nashville. So they're fighting in Boston next week. Okay. So oh, had, Sean O'Malley fighting in Boston, huh? Yeah. That's that'll be interesting. <laughs> um, I wonder who they'll be behind. <laughs> And, uh, well, that's why it was just because, so last Saturday, so Aljo has a fight in two weeks for the title, and he was at the main event, or he was at this card in Nashville. It just seemed kind of odd when, 
maybe he wanted to like uh, hoping that whoever won trying San- to help like promote if, the fight yeah, too if I mean. Corey Sanhagen had won in convincing fashion they could have set up a fight down the road oh no I think that's uh, that you, you're but not uh, thinking about that you're just thinking about trying to help Al- sell yeah, just, Al just wants to sell the uh, fight both, as much both as his fight and that one yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but All yeah right. so that'll be that, that'll be next and then I guess Canelo uh, really is the next big boxing uh, thing that we have to look forward to that's September mm-hmm. against Jamel Charlo and it might be for somebody it's not really for me at this point unfortunately, unfortunately yeah boxing needs yeah, they need it's what it help, is. It's what uh, I mean. They, they've had there've been big fights this year. I mean, like yeah. Gervonta Garcia was a big fight, and this you know Spence Crawford was a big fight. They, we've gotten some big fights this year, but we could use another one to look forward to. All right, that's fighting words. When we come back in now. Tidbit tubular, and then Mike Loxley to wrap up the show. That's all on the way. Glenn Clark Radio. Hike to new heights. The best view is yours in Washington County. Our iconic scenic overlooks provide some of the most breathtaking vistas in the mid-Atlantic. Some are very easy walks, some can be driven to, and some are the payoff for a moderate to difficult hike. All are near quaint small towns that offer great dining, shopping, hiking gear, and more. Explore our five national parks for iconic vistas and wineries with breathtaking views. Visit our quaint historic towns and make your stay I wonder if they'll be Learn more at visithagerstown.com. Maryland, be open. Soak up summertime fun in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouth-watering eats, and endless entertainment. Cheer on the O's at Camden Yards. Pick crabs by the waterfront. Beat the heat inside a world-class museum and make memories that will last a lifetime. Go to Baltimore.org for more information and to plan your visit. You feel that? That's the sound of football coming back. And now's the time to place your preseason bets with Superbook Sports. Superbook is the most trusted name in Vegas. And now you can use my promo code, GlennClark23, to score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, they'll match your first bet up to $250 with the promo code GlennClark23. All one word, no spaces, two ends in Glenn. Don't miss out this football season. Win some money with Superbook sports and that promo code glenn clark 23 visit superbook.com for terms and conditions gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER i'm michael jan grandy president of aj michaels your carrier energy expert for 44 years save money energy and make your home more comfortable and virus free find us at ajmichaels.com that's ajmichaels.com Maryland drivers, did you know you can save up to 77% on tolls with an EasyPass Maryland discount plan? That's right, 77%. It's never been easier. Pick the plan that's right for you at driveezmd.com. We'll keep you moving. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food, check. Quality of service, check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. 
Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue on a Thursday edition of the show. Again, go ahead go ahead and do Tidbit and Tubular, and then we're going to wrap up the day by talking with Mike Loxley, Maryland football coach. So let's go ahead and get a Tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can use, uh, choose, not use, but choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. All right, I did find the uh, the Michael Lorenzen, uh, who else? The, the, so ah, Fullerton yeah, the Fullerton. Union, yeah, Fullerton high, these are all Fullerton Union. High School or? Fullerton Union High School, yes. yes. So these are the four pitchers. Only four pitchers have come out of that high school. To so make the major leagues. I say only, but that's pretty. Yeah, it's still pretty remarkable. Yes. Yes. Uh, and so he joins, and all four of them have thrown no hitters. He joins Walter Johnson. Okay, the big train. No, How yes, about that? Threw a no hitter in 1920. Apparently, this Steve, school's been around for yeah. some time. Steve Busby, uh, Mike Warren, who threw a no hitter for Oakland in 1983, oh, right. Busby in uh, 1974 for the Kansas City uh, okay. Royals, and then Michael Lorenzen. So it's not. It's I mean Walter Johnson's obviously yeah, Walter very Johnson's significant, very but like I, it's not all yeah, it's you not know, like greatest stars, pitchers of all time. Yeah, right. but yes, when they when they make it, once a pitcher pitches there, makes it to the big leagues. Yeah, they're so, probably going to throw a no hitter. Yeah. Remarkable how that works. Uh, Shohei Otani uh, has now hit the. Well, I mean, he's always oh, he, he, he picked up his tenth win as a tungsten pitcher. arm. Yeah. Well, basically, uh, he's. Sarah Langs points out the most home runs hit in a season by a pitcher who won ten games. Uh, the previous record was Shohei Otani. I mean, in fairness, like that's a pretty specific. Yeah. Well, I mean. Like. <laughs> There's no one on this list. Yes. Shohei Otani right. last year had uh, 34 home runs when he won 15 games. Now, after picking up his 10th win this year, he's already at 40 and counting. Uh, before that, Babe Ruth won 13 games in 1918. He hit uh, 11 home runs. That See, year. this doesn't count for tungsten arm because he won, so it doesn't it doesn't yes, qualify yeah, right. as a tungsten right. arm situation. Uh, Wes Farrell, who won 22 games in 1931, had nine home runs. So that okay. was the, that would be the fourth most for a pitcher who's won double digit games. In a season. I mean, I hear he's good. <laughs> yeah, he's not bad. Uh, last night, Pete Alonzo, he became the fourth player ever to uh, to in MLB history with at least 35 home runs in four of their first five seasons. 35 home runs in four of their first five seasons. He became the fourth player to 35 do this. home runs in four of their first five seasons. Alex Rodriguez. Not Alex Rodriguez. Roger Maris. Not Roger Maris. I'm really surprised that it's not Alex Rodriguez. Yeah. Um, did he get hurt or something? Why is it? That's I am. That one's really screwing with me. Not being a correct <laughs> answer. <sighs> okay, maybe like his first. I'm trying to think of his first season. Uh, Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols is on this list. Yes. How about um, man, Hank Aaron. Uh, not Hank Aaron. Hank Miguel Aaron. Cabrera. Not Miguel Cabrera. They're Will, older. Willie Mays. Uh, not Willie Mays. Everybody else is older. Yeah, yeah, they're both older. Reggie Jackson. Not Reggie Jackson. How about Mickey Mantle? Not Mickey Mantle. Tony Perez. Not Tony Perez. I'll Babe Ruth. Just, not Babe Ruth. I'll just start. Uh, Hang on. Okay. Okay. Are they really like? Are, do I need to? Is this uh, before? But is this? You know, one of my favorite things to do is just name old timey baseball oh, yeah. players. Not that is old. This, not that old. Not that old. It's not Pie Trainer. 
no, not Bob Duke Schmidt. Snyder. Not Duke Snyder. Rocky Calavito. They're both like 60s. I just want to name. I just want to name old timey baseball not players. That's I love naming old timey baseball. I do too. Players. Stan Musial. Not Stan Musial. <sighs> Frank Robinson. Not Frank Robinson. Older. Older than Frank Robinson. Uh, how about? Yeah, they're both 40s and 50s. Well, that kind of. Uh, I think I, okay. I think this qualifies as okay. old timey okay. baseball okay. players okay. at this point. Why Eddie, did you deny Eddie me Matthews. my God-given right? Sorry. So Eddie, yes, Eddie Matthews. Okay. Eddie okay. Matthews is one Why of did you deny me my God-given right to name old-timey apologize, baseball apologize. players? You son of a bitch. Mel Ott. Not Mel Ott. Let's do Jimmy Fox. Not Jimmy Fox. A little too old okay. for Jimmy Fox. Ralph okay. Kiner. Ralph Kiner. Hey! Nice. Ralph Kiner. That is who Pete Alonso joins. Aberfull holes. Eddie Matthews, Ralph Kiner. 35 home runs in four I am in favor seasons. of us... Making it a weekly feature of just naming old-timey baseball players. I could do that all day. I would really like... In fact, if we did like... That is a... Uh, what, what do they call Like the videos are like, you, you talk like this. And what are they, ASMR. And, uh, ASMR. ASMR. If you could somehow find like an ASMR old-timey baseball player, I think we might be on to something. Like if we could okay. do an ASMR video... Like good names or just... Just just naming... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like good names. I like the... Uh, old Haas Radburn. Old Haas... You know, like those types of. And we just go back and forth. <laughs> yeah, I would like that. I would like that as. Content. I like that too. I feel like that's a thing. Tubular is brought to you today. When are you going to work on that? Yeah. Do you want to do it? <laughs> like how? How do? What? I mean, what format do you want this done? On? Well, you could just do it. I guess. You just want me oh, like on TikTok, TikTok, just really close yeah. to a mic. Just uh, yeah, like mic. doing it as an ASMR video, like doing Bob, it. As, Bobby Thompson. Right. If you <laughs> want to incorporate other sounds, like pop open a, you know. A, a can of like an rub old it, beer. They, uh, what's the one they do? Old, like, they, like, old Milwaukee. They, uh, yeah. they rub like pencils and pens. Like, they, like right. they'll go like this. Like. R- rip open a bag of Big Chief. Yeah, they'll like, like. they'll just like take a pen. But... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm in favor like of these things. Johnny Padres. Yes. <laughs> Hoosier Hammer Chuck Klein. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the Hoosier <laughs> Hammer Chuck Klein. He popped up. His name popped up next. Time I love Myers. that. <laughs> I really think I would watch these videos. I want to do. If you don't do them, then we have to do them. Like, we can we all do, can we all do them? Well, you're not gonna be here. Oh, I didn't. Okay. Yeah. Shoot. Okay. Either you're doing them or we're doing them. I'll do. Them. Okay. I'll do. Really? Bruce Suter. <laughs> Bruce Suter is an old timey. Bruce Suter is a modern player. David. God, I want it old. I want everything. Pre, you want really? I want, want pre 1950. You want pre Vietnam? All of them? Well, uh, yes. Okay. I want. Okay. I, That's even better though. That's even better. I. W- I mean, I really, I really think I want early. Early half of the okay. 20th century. Cardinals had a guy in the 50s, Peanuts Lowry. I love that. Peanuts <laughs> Lowry. I love that. All right. Uh, here's what's coming up, Totally Tubular. Totally Tubular is brought to you by Superbook. We are hooking you up. Two hundred Up to $250 first bet. Are, is it, by the way, is it just not going to rain? Uh, I believe it did while we were talking to Silas. It was raining? Yes. I, I believe it came it. through pretty So quick. is it done now? Are we uh, good? I think it's supposed to be pretty much clear there might be another shower or two or something but uh oh. yeah i looked at the weather it's, yeah. it's it looks fine All there's right. like a 30 percent chance good deal. at like one o'clock good deal let's uh let's play baseball <laughs> so uh superbook will match up to 250 dollars in your first bet win or lose so you can win a ton of money and get 250 dollars up to 250 dollars in free bets or even if you lose which would normally be very disappointing you get up to $250 in free bets based on how much you bet in your first bet. But you got to use the code Glenn Clark 23 G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-23. 
Get to Superbook.com, download the Superbook app, and let them match up to $250 with free bets, win or lose, in your first bet. Again, using that code, GlennClark23. Orioles wrap up the series with the Astros. Try to keep their not-been-swept streak alive. A lot of pressure. Don't feel great, but hopefully that is the case. Dean Kramer, Hunter Brown, the pitching matchup, 1230 on Masson locally, and the rest of the country will be able to watch it on MLB Network. Uh, Athletes Unlimited Lacrosse, the final weekend. What? Ryan O'Hearn's playing left field. That's weird. It is. Okay. Okay. Anything else weird about the lineup? Uh, I mean, uh, nothing that sticks out too, too, uh, too, too much. Who's DHing? Uh, that is going to so Santander in right, Hayes is in center. DHing is or oh, Adley's DHing. So day game after night game. Yeah, my fault. My fault. I should have known that. All right, uh, final weekend for Athletes Unlimited Lacrosse gets underway out at USA Lacrosse in Sparks. It's on ESPN Plus starting at 5 o'clock. Um, rest of the baseball for the day, Royals-Red Sox at 7 on ESPN Plus. MLB Network has Braves-Pirates at 1230 locally. Blue Jays-Guardians at 330. Cardinals race 630. Rockies-Dodgers at 10. Mass and 2 is Nationals-Phillies at 630. It's also on MLB.tv in the rest of the country. Little League World Series regionals continue on ESPN2 throughout the day, and then ESPN has a mix of the Little League Softball World Series and Little League World Series regionals. The Women's World Cup quarterfinals get underway tonight. Spain and the Netherlands, 9 o'clock on Fox, and then overnight Japan and Sweden at 3.30 a.m., also on Fox. WNBA tonight on Prime Video, Minnesota Lynx, Indiana Fever at 7, Connecticut Sun, Phoenix Mercury at 10, NBA TV, Atlanta Dream, Seattle Storm at 10. PGA playoffs get underway throughout all the records when you get to the playoffs, man. It's a a whole new season. Round one of the FedEx St. Jude is at 2 o'clock on Golf Channel. Tennis Channel for coverage from Canada, where Milos Raonic is still alive, making a run uh, in his home country. Uh, it's preseason football tonight on NFL yes. Network. Texans, Patriots at 7, Vikings, Seahawks at 10, Axis TV for Impact Wrestling at 8. Anything else non-sports-wise? I mean, I'm not sure why you wouldn't be watching the preseason football tonight. You know, Because I don't hate myself. Well, it's the Texans. You know, we start, you're going to see the guys that you know the Ravens are going to see week one. Right, so big scouting opportunity. CJ Stroud. Yeah, sure. Um, Apparently they have, uh, they, the, uh, the start of today's game has been pushed back to 1245. Mm because of whatever rain there was. 12.45, first pitch for the Orioles. Uh, Painkiller is a new show on Netflix. Uh, it's just kind of a drama thriller about the opioid crisis. looks kind of like Black Mirror style. Uh, uh, sh- so Painkiller with Matthew Broderick on Netflix. Uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds season two finale on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, there's a show on Max. It's called Cookie Monster's Bake Sale. Um, when you hear that, what, like, what did you... First thing. I'm guessing it's a children's. It's a Sesame Street okay, show. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, that's what I thought too, for sure. So, what well, did you think it was? What did you think it was? Like some sort of, you know, a like, horror show of no, some no, sort. No, not like that. But like they were gonna be baking, you know, brownies, like Carson was referencing. All right, maybe just move on. <laughs> Eddie Jackson's gonna be <laughs> gonna be cooking alongside of the, the Bears' cook. safety. Yeah. What? Well, no, the the older Eddie Jackson. Oh, I thought you meant the football player. Yeah, well, there. Well, who yeah, the who other, is yeah, it? The other, yeah, the other foot. Not Who's the, the not other the Eddie Jackson? There's another Eddie Jackson who played. I don't know football. anything about that. No. Well, anyway, he's a chef. I don't know the Eddie Jackson. Be, he's going to be with the Cookie Monster on this show. <laughs> the CW has a new show called Fight to Survive. There's a chef named Eddie Jackson. Yeah, and he played football too, didn't he? Did he? Yeah. Uh, he's not as good as the current Eddie Jackson for I, the Bears. He started. He apparently did. He played yeah. at Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Now he's, now and he played for the Panthers, Dolphins, Redskins. Patriots, and Redskins. I've never heard of this person. 
He's baking alongside the Cookie Monster now on HBO Max. Good for him. God bless. <laughs> uh, it, if you need another Survivor ripoff, there's a show called It's so Fight funny how he said that. Like, we were all supposed to know who Eddie Jackson yeah. is. Dude, you guys, it's Eddie Jackson. Yeah, the other Eddie, Eddie Jackson. Oh, the one that got the pick six on Thanksgiving? Yeah, that guy's, that no, guy not that isn't even all that famous. But at least, like, he's modern and you kind of... This guy, I have no idea why you would have expected anyone I, to have ever known who this person was. All right, sorry. He played football. He's been in the national God, spotlight don't, before. Don't you know about Eddie Jackson? He's in well, with yeah. big names. Cookie Monster, Big Bird. Yeah, sure. That's how he's all done the, now. All the major celebrities. Anything else quickly? Uh, No. All right, no. very good. You can find everything else. There's all of your latest Eddie Jackson news by going to glennclarkradio.com. We have uh, d- assigned Griffin as our Eddie Jackson beat writer. Moving forward, and anything that um, valuable in uh, Eddie Jackson news, he'll be on top of for you. My word. All right, let's wind down today. Uh, always a pleasure to welcome in our next guest. He, of course, is the football coach at the University of Maryland. He is our friend, Coach Mike Loxley, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn. It's always great to chat with you. It was great to see you next or last week. Appreciate you taking the time for us, as always. No problem, Glenn. Appreciate you having me on. Man, uh, a lot to cover with you, but let me start with you have been throwing around the word championship a lot this summer. And, you know, I I know when you said it the first time out at Media Days, you kind of made it clear how it's something that you haven't said before and you haven't talked about. Um, It creates kind of a target, and I'm sure you know that if, if, if it isn't that, there will be people that will hold you accountable to those words. Why did you choose to start using the word championship as you talked about your team? Well, I mean, I think it starts with the confidence I have in the, in the locker room. And, you know, for the four years we've been here, it, it has not been something that we've talked about because there was uh, a lot of work to do in terms of just putting together a foundation. You know, when we came in, this, this, this place was at rock bottom and, and we've continued to to build a, a foundation that now has put us in position as we're, we, we enter year five, uh, put us in position of where I see us being a team that now displays some of the habits necessary to win championships. But let's not, again, I, I use this term a lot, but let's not let the goal of competing for Big Ten championships get in the way of doing the work. And sure. so a lot of it's messaging to our team. It's something that, I think they need to understand that's why we compete. And, and to me, it's all about now uh, creating the habits and behaviors that allow you to win championships. Is there a burden of expectations? Because, like, you know, as you point out, this is not something the first few years of the program that you had to deal with. But there is, you know, like uh, nationally, there is talk about you guys and expectations of how many games you win and taking step forwards. And I'm sure you'd say, well, that's cool because we got those expectations here. But is there a burden that comes along with those expectations? No, not not really, because I think anybody that's heard us and, and how we've put together the culture here, um, it's not what people outside the program think that, that matters the most. It's what we think inside our program. And I know that there's a, a bunch of guys in that locker room that, that understand the the expectation. Um, obviously, the, the previous two teams that we've had, the, the previous two versions of the Maryland football family that played the last couple of years, have really uh, set the bar for us to continue to, to move the program in the right direction that we all want it to go. Uh, one of the things that you and I have talked a lot about is you've been right there, right, with some of the best teams in the country. And, you know, you've proven it in bowl games. But when we talk about the teams that are at the top of this conference, I mean, I was there with um, 
you know, AJ Francis, his family for the event last year for the Ohio State game. And God, you're right there. What to you is the biggest like in in going from we can compete with these teams to beating this caliber of team? What is the biggest difference in those two things? Well, I think the the number one difference is to win games. Uh, you have to give yourself a chance to win. And, and good teams, the top teams in this league, very rarely beat themselves. And, and that, to me, is where, you know, our biggest area for improvement is to find a way to minimize the penalties that, that popped up at the most inopportune times a year ago and maybe cost us some games, some of the miscues and, and turnovers, as well as the, the creating and, and, and minimizing big plays. So, you know, for us, that's the winning formula to win, and, and I think our players have, have all embraced that. Maryland football coach Mike Loxley with us here on GCR as they're getting ready for the start of the season, they're opening up against Towson Labor Day weekend. Coach, um, you know, you, 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 of course, it helps to bring back your quarterback, bring back your running back, who looked so outstanding a year ago, but there is a lot on the offensive side of the ball, namely at um, the offensive line and receiver that you have to change. I feel like the the depth at receiver is so overwhelming that while it's new names and guys that have stepped into bigger roles, I, I imagine you probably have a pretty fair amount of confidence about what you have there. Yeah, the you know the receiver room we lost a lot of production over uh, uh, last season with losing guys like Rockham Jarrett and Dante Demas that have been stalwarts in the system over the years. Uh, having a, a healthy Jay Sean Jones coming back um, gave us a, a, a great from a leadership standpoint in that room. And then when you add players like Caden Prather, who we knew a lot about through recruiting, the Tyrese Chambers, who's mm-hmm. come in with that chip on his shoulder, and then the development of players like Ty, Felt, Ty Felton, Shalik Knotts, and, and uh, Octavian Smith have all kind of stepped up their game. So I do feel like there's a little more depth there in the room than we had a year ago. Um, and, and it's still a pretty talented room now. They've got to go out and, and, and make the plays. From the outside perspective, I think some people would say that maybe Maryland's offense can go as far as this line can take them. Um, it's a lot of different parts. It's a lot of different faces. Where, where is your confidence in where the line is at this point as we closed within a month of the season beginning? Yeah, you know, we got our first opportunity to scrimmage and, and, and kind of get off the field this coming Saturday where I, I feel like I've, I've got a better understanding the thing I like about it is that the cohesion and the alignment is really key up front. And our goal right now is to find, you know, eight to ten guys that can play winning football up front. And when you've got, like, Emilio Moran, who's who's played a, a quite a bit of plays for us a year ago in the last couple of years, Eric Harris returning, as well as Delmar Glaze, we've got three guys with experience. And then you add, you know, the transfers like Corey Bullock mm-hmm. and Gotti and Marcus Doomerville to the mix, as well as the development of guys like Connor Fagan in our program. I feel good about it, but we've still got some work to do, and, and this Saturday will go a long way in, in kind of creating an identity for us up front. And the other nice part about the team as I look at it is the depth at the back end of your defense, right, and the, the experience that you have there. And, I mean, there's like you, all you're doing is putting guys in the NFL and then turn around and I look down and I say, well, I think that guy's an NFL player too. I think that guy's an NFL player. Um, how much does that help to have the insane level of experience, not just in the secondary, but even at linebacker that you bring back? Yeah, you know, that, 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 that is the one area that back end of our team, I think, will be a strength for, for us on the defensive side. You know, you got two veteran safeties, 
uh, and Dante Trader and Bo Braid, who Bo's played a lot of football around here. Dante uh, played quite a bit as a true freshman, and then you bring in Avante Williams, and then Glenn Miller's development really gives us four guys on the, on the deep back third that can help us, uh, you know, playing football, and you throw in some of the freshmen and, and, and their ability to add depth to force at that position. You know, Jaquan Shepard is kind of that guy that we hope can step in and, and fill in for the, the type of job that Deontay Banks did a year ago along mm-hmm. with Tarheeve Steele and, and guys like Corey Coley, Chance Harley, and, and, and Lionel Whitaker's development. So the linebackers, to me, is the strength of our defense. That's where the leadership needs to come from, and we feel good about the the, the veteran players we got on the back end and the deep parts of the field for us. I mean, if Jayshard Barnum gets better, my God. <laughs> I mean, that guy's <laughs> unbelievable. Um, up front, uh, give me an idea of somebody that you feel like has taken a step forward up front that's ready and primed to be a difference maker this season. Yeah, you know, I think anytime you, you look at it, guys like Tajay Johnson and Tommy Akimbasote, who were rotational guys for us a year ago playing behind some veteran players like Ami Finau and Mosiah Kite, mm-hmm. you know, both played a lot of ball and, and, and got meaningful reps for us, but both now have stepped up into where they become kind of the leaders over there as they, they enter their junior seasons. Uh, I was really happy with the way Quayshawn Fuller came on through the spring and even uh, early now through training camp. Uh, you bring in a guy like Trey Colbert from the Division Two ranks and was a, a really good player at that level, and he, he'll be able to add the depth and rotation. But two guys that really jump out to me are, are Jordan Phillips and Dylan Fontes, the two younger D tackles that were both here this spring, and and I think you'll see those guys play roles similar to how Tommy and 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 Taze have been over the years for us. Okay. So quality depth there. I know I gave you a bunch of names, but I'd say a guy like Quayshawn Fuller. Uh, expect a big year out of him and Tommy King Basote along with Jordan Phillips. Uh, Coach, we've gotten this far into a conversation, and we haven't talked about your veteran quarterback. And I know how important it was for you guys that he decided to come back for one more year. And uh, we've certainly heard a lot about how there are a lot of other places that were trying to convince him to, to do another year there instead. What has it meant to you, to your program, for Leah to have been as committed as he has been and as driven? And ha- have you seen that payoff? You know, given his, you know, his his name recognition and what he means to this program, have you seen that payoff in other conversations you've had with other players that like you can be the next Leah? You could have a similar path here. You know, uh, when you have a guy that's been in the system four years like Leah has, and the type of leadership and and the way he's played for us, there's no doubt you can use his experience under center and, and as a leader in a system that's just generated quite a few great quarterbacks have played in this system. Um, and, and Lee is another one of them. So there's no doubt that when you can point to the success he's had when we're out uh, and recruiting, in which we've been very fortunate that we can recruit the skill positions, uh, he's definitely one of those guys that we show and, and as, as a means that we have the ability to develop you. And there's no doubt we've utilized the, the success he's been able to have as a quarterback leading this this system in, in terms of helping us attract the right kind of quarterbacks for the future. How much more do you feel like he's even ca- – like we've seen so many incredible things from him over the years. Do you feel like there's still a world in which he's getting better, that you know, all of the experience he has, that there's a chance he could be the best quarterback in the Big Ten? There's a chance he could be – you know, at some point this season we're talking about him as being in the Heisman Trophy conversation. Yeah, there's no, no doubt that he has that ability – 
um, skill-wise, and now he's putting it all together, and, and we've seen the leadership out of him the first 10 practices we've gone through. Uh, I've seen the things that we talked about off-season-wise work, uh, developing, you know, himself with the deep ball, getting back to, to the, the accuracy on the deep balls that, that we needed to take care of, and then just him overall being uh, the guy that, that has a positive impact on the other players on offense and, and our team. So I've been happy with Leah's development. I think you will see him take another step uh, in the right direction to where he's not just what a, a guy that we know is a really talented player for Maryland, but somebody that nationally – will hopefully open up some eyes and, and, and put the spotlight on our program. I, I think it would be very exciting for everybody involved. Coach, I know you're worried about uh, getting ready for the season and uh, your alma mater in the first week, but obviously it's been another very tumultuous offseason for college football as a whole and a lot of movement. Um, you know, two more West Coast teams coming to the Big Ten. Uh, just in general, your reaction, I know that – um, we're living in a different world these days, but what was your reaction when you found out that Oregon and Washington were going to be joining the folds? You know, I've, I've learned now that, you know, there, I, there's really no reaction because nothing really surprises you anymore. As a guy that leads college uh, football, this landscape is a, a work in progress and, and it's a, a continuing, there'll be continuing change. And so I can't say that we didn't expect it. I, I'll tell you this, the only thing I worry about typically are the things that I have control over. Sure. I have no control over who we bring in. I do know that, you know, once we, you know, we get through this 23 year and, and, and if you look at the type of teams that we've been able to attract to join the Big Ten, uh, I don't think we'll take a backseat to any league in the country in terms of when it's top to bottom talent. And then all, all, all of them are like-minded type universities. We're really strong academic institutions that also play really good football. So tremendous challenge um, for us, but it's one that the reason you come to Maryland is to be able to compete against the best. And, you know, as long as we continue to uh, provide the resources that we need to be able to compete at the highest level, um, I'm excited to continue to lead this thing. Can I, can I ask this? A lot has been made about, like, you know, the travel involved, but it, has there been any positive? Like, have you had – kids say like yeah i'm kind of excited about the opportunity to go out and play against a usc or a ucla in the future now in or like have you have you found any of the opposite where like they, they, they like I, I i i think i'm cool with the idea of that type of challenge i think it'd be neat to be going across the country to play football but uh, you know i haven't heard had haven't heard the impact of that just yet but i think anybody that that follows college football when you start adding people like usc ucla Oregon and Washington to an already tough league. Um, players want to play against the best, and I think now when you look from top to bottom at the way the Big Ten uh, will be um, filled over the next you know few years, there's no doubt that you'll be playing against some of the best, if not the best, talent in the country when you compete in the Big Ten. And you know what? A, what an amazing amount of doors are open for you with now us moving from just a regional conference to more of a national field. All right, the uh, most important one, man, I thought that Francis might be able to pull it off in D.C. last week. What an unbelievable story that would have been for him to win that tournament. Then he, he gets knocked out in the first round in Canada. you got to, like, send him – got to give him, like, a motivational speech or something, like, hey, we need you to get going before we get to New York here. Yeah, you know, talking to Francis and, and he and I have a really close relationship – um, there's no doubt that, that he's a talented player. And much like what we're trying to do with our program, 
he's trying to take that next step. And, and sometimes you've got to face and deal with the type of adversity he's dealt with the last couple of matches where he's had some really tough, close matches. And, and though when you want to be a champion, you've got to figure out what habits and behaviors you need to have to, to win those close matches. And I'm hoping that, you know, he can put it all together um, up, up in New York here in the next coming uh, month. But we'll continue to be supportive of him as he is with our program. And, and, and just like him, we've got to take the next step as a program as we enter into the 23 iteration of uh, Maryland football family. He is Mike Loxley. Again, the season gets underway Labor Day weekend against Towson. I know that uh, means a little bit to you, Coach. Always appreciate it. Uh, Thank you for spending a few minutes with us. Look forward to chatting during the course of the season. Best of luck as things get underway, all right? All right. Thanks, Glenn. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you, man. Mike Loxley, Maryland football coach. Again, September 2nd, 3.30 p.m. kickoff. Maryland and Towson to open the season. And then um, Biff Pogey brings Charlotte up to College Park for uh, week two on NBC. It's NBC's first year of uh, Big Ten football. Remember, no more, no ESPN at all for the Big Ten in any sport moving forward. So everything else, Jeez. Fox, CBS, NBC, FS1, you know, the other, their other, uh, unfortunately, there'll probably be some Peacock-only games mm-hmm. at some point. I think that was part of the package. So... Be prepared for that, and that's just the new reality for Maryland and for the Big Ten. All right, very good. That'll bring us to a close. Thanks today to Mike Loxley. Thanks also to Silas Ardoin. Thanks also, or it's Ardoin, sorry, Ardoin. Thanks also to um, Jim Miller. We'll get all that up in the greatest hits section of the Oh, my God, it's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Anything tomorrow? Stuff and things. Oh, boy. Stan will be here. Stan will be here. Stuff and things. Look forward to it. Thanks to uh, uh, thanks to Carson. Awesome job all semester long. Appreciate you, yeah. buddy. Thanks, guys. At Carson, guys. at Carson Ware with an I. Thanks, uh, of course, at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Glenn Clark Radio. Thanks to, uh, I didn't thank our sponsors and partners. Uh, visit Baltimore Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, Glory Days Grill, Dorchester County, the Bowie Bay Sox, Royal Farms, Costa Sins, Superbook, Baltimore Orioles, Birdland Sports, Easy Pass MD, Washington County, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. All right, have a great Thursday. Go birds, please. Go birds. Let's 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 just move on from what's been a very difficult week. Duke sucks.